Northsoft Connection, it's Friday, Double or Nothing Weekend, and you know what that means, it's time for another episode of You Know What That Means, the AEW Podcast. Thank you for coming back once again, episode 19, I am your host, Jordan Duncan. My co-host is here, and he scored just as many points as PJ Tucker did in Game 4. Andrew Reich, what's it feel like to match PJ point for point? <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Then, um, didn't they have a game where I think Jimmy Butler or, or Jason Tate had like six points, something like that? Yeah, I think I think he got ten. I think he wound up with ten. Yeah, that that series we're talking about the Celtics and the Heat. That one's been rough. Yeah, like every game's <laughs> a blowout. It's so like they're not even good games to watch, man. No, they haven't been fun at all. I saw uh, a stat and- that the the Heat starting five combined points was like the lowest. Combined point total at a playoff for starting five. I know that's weird. Since they started keeping track of that they're stat. Better- their better scorers in that series have been off the bench. I right. think Victor Oladipo. Yeah, Victor Oladipo. Then Max Struess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Struess started and just – what's the opposite of shooting the lights out? <laughs> you know um, you know that the Miami is in trouble of scoring. They need scoring when Duncan Robinson is on the court. Right, and, Dun- and he's like the, the, the number two option, you know. <laughs> right, right. But um, so. no, I'm uh, I'm here. Like uh, just like MJF said in Long Island about the fans, I'm poor, but I'm still beautiful. Yes, you know what? You are beautiful, Andrew. So <laughs> I'm beautiful inside. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got a couple weeks worth of AEW to talk about, including uh, hometown hero uh, MJF. Man, I mean, we could kick right off with that. Like. I love when they go to Long Island because the, it's like their bizarre world. You know how like Canada right. is for WWE. <clears throat> Right, I mean, it's, it's like, and CM Punk, even if he wasn't involved with Max, I know that they did something in a dark segment we'll talk about, but yeah. when yeah. he he had a promo, he teased Hangman Page by doing the Buckshot Lariat, he he hit it okay, yeah. like, I, I mean, it wasn't like perfect, but it was fine, it's not always about execution, it's just about the story, and then Page goes in the ring, and Punk's healing it up. You could just see it, the way he was, like, talking, his demeanor, his look, how he was kind of sneering at the crowd. Right. You could just tell, like, he knew, I am the bad guy. He woke up that morning and said, I am the bad guy. Well, and even on his entrance, he came out, like, in an Islanders jersey, and then there was a dramatic reveal to have, like, the name. It was, I didn't I know what that Tavares. was. Yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea who that player was. Not I figured out what he was trying to guy. do, but, like, yeah. That's a good question. Right off the bat, Andrew, what kind of – what hometown jersey would CM Punk have to wear in New Orleans to get a horrible reaction? Mm. So maybe like a Saints player that the Saints fans have turned on? Um, Pelicans. I mean, would would like Anthony Davis do the trick? Anthony Davis is so easy. I'd have to get somebody – like a – I, I wanted to say Bobby A. Bear Falcons jersey, but Bobby A. Bear came back came back as a radio DJ for mm. or a, like a radio guy for us. Um, probably a Matt Ryan jersey. Okay, okay. I mean, they hate Matt Ryan. Um, mm. and um, and another one might might be uh, mm, that it, that's a legitimately good question. Probably Stephon Diggs. Okay. Probably Stephon Diggs. Okay. Because of the fact that he won't oh, yeah. that. Oh, Diggs, yeah. Diggs, sideline, touchdown. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that'll do it. Correct. <laughs> did you, by the way, because that was Joe Buck who did that call, I did not know until I saw the announcement that him and Troy Aikman went to ESPN. Oh, no, neither did I. A total shocker. I was like, wow, he must have taken the bag. You I know? wasted 20 minutes of my day today on Twitter. I found a thread of just clips of Charles Barkley on uh, inside the NBA, and I was dying laughing, man. Like, I just... <laughs> 
It's great. Stuff. Yeah, he um he came up. He showed up on horseback yeah. on one of the shows. He must and be a fan of Hangman and Page. And Shaq's like, that's a strong horse. That's that's a really strong horse. Chuck boy, Chuck boy shit. Yeah, we actually will talk about Charles Barkley when we get to our questions. I but, think um, later yeah, on. for MJF, if yeah, for, I would say if he was in New Orleans, probably something to do with Stefan Diggs yeah. or the kill Roby Coleman. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't really know what Detroit. Like, I was trying to think. Like, are there any Detroit jerseys he could wear? Where the Ron Artest. Yeah, see, but that's like a Pacers jersey. Like, Punk wore a local jersey and then tricked you. Like, nope, it's actually a local guy that you hate now. So, mm-hmm. I don't really know any players that used to be here. Like, Stafford left, but he just got more popular <laughs> by leaving. Mm-hmm. So, Magic Johnson? Maybe. I mean, for me, just have to wear a freaking Tayshaun Prince jersey. I hated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Pistons. I love the go-to-work Pistons more than the bad boy Pistons. But, man, I don't know why. I just never liked Tayshaun Prince. Never liked the guy. Uh, Robert Ory Spurs jersey? Yeah, that would do it. I mean, Ron Artest, uh, or even like uh, Claude Lemieux, if we're going hockey, uh, Mm -hmm. even I know the Claude Lemieux hatred uh, runs deep with Red Wings fans, so... But yes. Anyways, uh, we're here to talk about AEW, not wax nostalgic about old jerseys. Uh, I guess we're getting pumped, pumped and primed for our uh, crossover episode with the main event. You know, we got to brush up on our jersey numbers. So. Yes, because what, uh, that's going to be episode 200, so we need to find some double zeros. Yeah, uh, exactly. Robert, Robert Parrish. And, Robert Parrish, yeah. Russell Westbrook and, uh, is one, you know. He's yeah, I mean, zero. here's the funny thing, too. you got to remember, there is a difference between zero and double zero. Exactly, yeah. You can choose between the two. Yeah. People are like, well, zero. It's like, not really. Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. Uh, Parrish is a double zero. I don't know any other sports. Speaking of that for MJF, I saw that he wore that jersey. He wore an Islanders thing, and it said 55. So I'm guessing he was a linebacker in high school. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Because you don't wear be footage out there. I know that the NFL just relaxed the rules where anybody can get their number. They you don't have to do numbers by positions anymore, mm-hmm. and a lot of people change their numbers. But fifty five was usually associated. Yeah, that was a lot. For I mean, that's a fairly recent change. Like it's still right, right. in the mind of fans. Like oh, single digit, like a in the twelves or fifteen. He's a yeah. wide receiver or something. And, you know? and the inspirational story he always tells about. Um, about how he wanted to become a wrestler, is that he was in his dorm wanting to quit football, yeah. and he saw a Twitter account <laughs> with a picture of Brian Danielson as CM Punk. Hmm. So yeah, we, you and I, you, me, and MJF have at least one thing in common: we were both inspired to talk about wrestling by looking at Twitter accounts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Twitter accounts, we know that you, you're listening, Tony. Uh, we know you're hearing everything we have to say, so we appreciate you taking our feedback and. You know, put it into practice sometimes. There's still a few things I wish you'd listen to us more about, though. Yeah, but, we, we we saw the chips in the Danhausen segment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was a little wink and nod just to us. But, hey, Danhausen right. had his first ever match in AEW. And um, lost in 30 seconds. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because we were both like, I don't know what he's going to be like in the ring. Well, he loses to Tony Nese in 30 seconds, so that's what he's going to be like in the ring. <laughs> and can I, can I say this, too, right off the bat? Even in thirty seconds, I don't think he looked that good. <laughs> like, no, because he looked he looked gingerly and out yeah. of place. Yeah, like okay, so Nice pushes him into the corner and drops him, and you can see Dan House position his body to like take the bump, and it's like, oh come on, dude, like that's that's bush. Yeah, stuff. you know that's the, I was talking about. Sometimes it's not about execution; it's about the story. It's about the story. Yeah, I do hate the 
middling, let me drag my body into the right position for yep. the top rope moves. I hate that so much. I understand you have to do it. Like, I remember I remember this one. Um, Kurt Angle and he who shall not be named. I remember Kurt, like, rolled the other way. Mm. And then he who shall not be named basically does, like, a headbutt from, like, the other side of the ring. And Ooh. I thought... I was like, man, that is brutal. But it actually kind of makes sense. If a guy is about to hit me with a flying head, but I'm rolling the other way. Right, exactly. You know? So when they start doing this, oh, let me lean in or let me fall on this table nice and gently so I don't break it. Right. But I'm in a spot so that he could do it on top of me. Um, speaking of people laying uh, weirdly on top of inanimate objects outside the <laughs> ring, what about that Jeff Hardy Darby Allen spot? Oh, Holy my fuck. gosh. It's like... That's where I got to give a lot of credit to the camera work. They looked like he fell off the top of a skyscraper. Yep. yep. That's like, I don't want to be like too much hyperbole, but like for three years in their history, that's their fully off the hell in the cell moment. You know what I mean? Like that's their clip that they get that show over and over. That will be on the reels yeah. forever. Yep. They get show that forever because it's always going to like Mick Foley getting tossed off the cage by the Undertaker is still like, wow, that's pretty cool to watch. Still all yes, these years later. To this day. Yeah. He's starting a podcast with, with Conrad Thompson. I know. I guess we can't cheer for him anymore. He's direct competition now. Screw you, Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, well, Starcast is going to Nashville. So now the basically the hat, the hat has been tipped that Conrad is in him, Bruce, and are in bed together with WWE and yeah. hey whatever you I know, read uh, I read about a possible match happening at Starcast did you read about that I heard Ric Flair might have his last match Yeah did you hear who his possible opponent is today I heard a rumor was Ricky Steamboat but he backed out Uh well the name that popped up today was Hulk Hogan <laughs> <sighs> Listen is it guys an alimony? Is It's it like an they're sitting at home match? watching Sting and being like hey brother look how well Stinger's doing maybe I can still go what if Hulk Hogan dives off the arena entrance like Sting does every <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, you know some of these old-timers are like, oh, I could still do that. Yeah. I could do that and make a mil- and make a, make a good 200 grand. Oh, if Stinger <laughs> can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Hogan told that lie, I was watching uh, clips of that uh, they, uh, WWE show called Evil where he talked about how he turned heel, and he talked about how he joined WCW on a wing and a prayer. <laughs> I'm like, dude. You had creative control, and you were the highest paid, and you got the merch commission. Stop they, it with they the gave wing you a, and a prayer. They gave you a parade before you ever had a match. That's <laughs> like um, that's like when CM Punk, you know, kind of wheeling back is like, he, I'll say this, you know, he got a sweet deal. He did. Yeah. I don't know the numbers. He pro- it was probably a three to five year deal. But remember what he said in Chicago when he came back. He said, "I'm here for you, but I'm not going to lie. I'm here for me too." Right. You know, and at least he was honest about it. You know, that's all I ask out of my legendary wrestlers who want to embarrass themselves in <laughs> crappy final matches. At least say that you did it for the money. Right. That's all you got to say. Like Shawn Michaels in um, that match that I'll never talk about again. Like, you know, just say you did it for the money. That's all right. you got to say. Right. Yep. There was uh, footage of Flair, bring it back to AEW, Flair kind of warming up with Jay Lethal in the ring. Um I, I would believe that because you know Jay and Jay always did those impersonations yeah. of him. They probably have a good relationship. I think that could be found on Twitter somewhere. It's, I mean, they're just doing a little bit of like uh, headlock takeovers and stuff. I think maybe Flair got body slammed, but I don't know. I'm I, sure he could. I'm sure he could do a few things. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm sure there's it's your body, your body, your choice. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's an audience for it, but I'm not it. You know, 
Right. Speaking of your body, your choice, uh, CM Punk wore the Islanders jersey to go heel, and then he wore abortion rights or human rights t-shirt to go heel on uh, conservative voters, I think. so. Yeah, but here's the funny thing about Houston, Texas. I was listening carefully. Man, they love CM Punk. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they were chanting fl- for him even when he wasn't out there. The pro-abortion shirt did not flinch them one bit. Right. And because it's Hangman Page in Texas, you would think, oh, they're going to lean into this where – Whereas CM Punk's kind of a heel. Nope. Yep. Like, they cheered him loudly. They also cheered the Hardys loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my hot take, and we can start deep diving into sure, Double sure. or Nothing. Yeah. I thought Darby Allen Jeff Hardy was a five-star match. Okay. All right. And the, my, here's my stupid criteria. It's the kind of match, and this could work for bad matches too, though. Like, all-time bad matches. It's the kind of match that, given it's the time, like, the time frame the people involved, mm-hmm. the situation involved, and the spots that they were willing to do and how they executed it, you'll never get that kind of match again. Sure. Like, it will never, you won't, like a year later, Jeff Hardy will not be able to do that match. Yeah. And Darby Allen is young enough to be able to do all that stuff and still hit all the, because di- he executed all those spots perfectly. Yeah. And you'll never, they'll never cross paths again and be able to have that kind of match. Like, say they do, like, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, like, they try to run it back, it's not going to be the same. Right. You know, I, I've i seen criticisms of the match. Some of the criticisms I, criticisms I just dismiss. Like, there's people Too who much just, resting? Yeah, there's people who are just going to hate, just to hate, the big. Like, why was this not a technical match? It's the Owen Hart Cup. Like, shut up, you know? You really see Jeff Hardy in a technical match in 2022. Like, get out of here. But, um... One thing that I saw people complain about that I disagree with was that, you know, after those big bumps, the finish was just a pin. I actually thought it was really clever that, you know, Darby hits the coffin drop, but Jeff kind of flips him over. And Darby couldn't, like, kick out because the ladder was there. I don't know if that part was intentional, but it was really cool that he kept the, the ladder being there kept him from getting the or, momentum. Or just needed. the loss of adrenaline because he had right. wasted so much energy to get to that point right. that when he pinned him, he just kind of like sank and said, okay, I got this. Right, and Darby has always sold the coffin drop like it hurts him too, so it's believable that he could hit it and get rolled up at the same time. Yeah. Like it's not. But like, I like I, I like I like Darby as <laughs> I like I made that comparison with uh, New Japan as like the kerosene, and uh, and New AEW would be the is the match that lights the big fire. Mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like Darby was the kerosene. And and Jeff Hardy was the match. Yeah. Like Jeff Hardy was the guy who was like, okay, I'm willing to like take on all this crazy stuff. And Darby's like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> hey, let me, okay, so let me ask you a question. <clears throat> uh, since you consider it a five star match, knowing that Jeff just ended up losing to Adam Cole, do you think Darby should have won? No, I'm okay with it. Okay. I'm okay with it. I think that even if Darby had won, um, Dar- uh, that Adam Cole was going to win anyway. So okay. Cole being in that position uh, makes sense. I was just um, thinking that would have been Jeff's first loss in AEW, so do you think it could have helped Darby more than it helps Adam that's Cole? That's too, yeah. I, I, I think Adam Cole might be winning this tournament, so maybe you know, maybe they want the, the extra feather in the cap. So. Right, that's a good point. I didn't even think about whether or not that was Jeff's in, uh, first uh, single. It's got to be, loss. right? Like, I don't think he's lost any matches. Think, yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah, that Houston-Texas crowd was, was hot. Mm-hmm. I thought the Long Island Dynamite was fantastic. Yeah. Top. Yeah. Yeah, that was a real, I think that was a better show. Um, and again, perfect timing for us to always chime in that uh, we are a show that drops on Fridays, tapes on Tuesdays. So there's a, there's a Dynamite that... Uh, is uh, in your rear view, listener, but it's uh, out of our sight still. It's still on the horizon, so we've got a blind dynamite that we aren't going to get to. Yeah, I remember one time we got delayed, and we did a go-home pay-per-view dynamite live. Yeah, and it was the, <laughs> we it was the week that Tony about, announced that he... We were talking he, about the shows while Punk is bleeding from the head in yeah, Daily Place. I believe it was the week that Tony announced he bought Ring of Honor. 
Yes, it was so. right. We started right after he made the announcement. Yeah, so. Not uh, this time. Yeah. So let's get into uh, AEW. Uh, like I said, uh, we, we we come on every couple weeks, get together for a couple hours and talk. We're not a move-by-move, hold-by-hold review uh, podcast. Um, if you're looking for that, you can find that in other podcasts or even in written form. Sometimes if I don't catch shows live, I like to read a written review. I don't mind being spoiled on stuff. You and I both spoil for each other regularly through text messages. Right. <laughs> so, I, I mean, maybe a pay-per-view I wouldn't want to be spoiled, but weekly shows whatever i don't care like like rampage like some of these like this is when i say like look everybody talks about wwe stands they're aw ones too sure you know now i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dox them on tweets and say we need to go after these people right like that's that's fucking childish but like the thing is if i say for example someone posts like a rampage taping result and they're like dude spoilers like (laughs) oh my god and it's like dude no like i want to know i don't care to read spoilers i'll read them the next morning i don't care right i'll go on profile db and see who won the match i don't care same here yeah um it's not that big of a deal to me. Like I even with uh, the dynamite that we just had with the Jokers, where uh, Johnny Elite, Johnny. Uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> not that Johnny. The other Johnny <laughs> uh, debuted uh, along with uh, Maki Ito's return. She, that's not her debut, but the K-pop girl. Yeah, is what I call like her. I was not live, and like I didn't care that I knew that it was uh, Johnny Mundo slash Johnny Nitro slash Johnny Impact slash Johnny Elite. Before and, I got and to it watch goes it. so fast in the on the internet anyway. Like I re cage side mm-hmm. seats, yeah. and it'll literally be up within five seconds. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's who the Joker was. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I guess that's perfect time. Uh, you know, we're headed into Double or Nothing this week, so we're going to preview each match on the show, including the finals of the Owen Hart Cup, uh, men's and women's. Um, we'll find out who the finalist is that will be facing Adam Cole. Uh, on this dynamite that hasn't happened yet, I think we're in agreement. It's going to be Samoa Joe, though, correct? I think so, and that would yeah. be Adam. That would be against Adam Cole, right? Yeah. So uh, Samoa Joe beat uh, Johnny Elite, uh, who looked okay, but didn't look great. Uh, His hair was weird. He had it short. Yeah, it was like it a little mullety. Yeah, it looked like Seth Rollins' hair when he first debuted in WWE. It was like short, but it was like blondish, blackish. It was just weird. And he had some spots. He had that weird like uh, step through uh, plancha that he does where mm-hmm. he lands sideways, and he hit that pretty nicely. Um, but then he cool had spots. he had a spot that he missed though, where he did. I think it was a four fifty, and Joe was too he had far to away. Himself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that, that's true. So, I, I don't think that's like a, a signing. I think that's a, hey, come in, pop in for a week. I don't I don't think we're going to see Johnny They did this with Matt Cardona and Daly's place. Yep, yep. And that's fine. I'm totally cool with, with guys coming in once, having a match. I mean, big demo, uh, big cast two weeks back. Uh, demo, uh, also known Eric as Killian Dane. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, but, uh, again, Samojo beats Johnny Elite. That's the Joker spot. Uh, Ray Phoenix lost to Kyle O'Reilly, which surprised me. I thought Ray might win that match, but that was a really good It was good really match. good. The yeah. first half was a bore. The thing yep. that took it away from me was that the first half before Picture Picture was kind of boring, mm-hmm. but the last five minutes were thrilling. That yeah. was when it started to get really good. There was this really awesome spot. Where I think like Kyle Riley like caught him in a choke or a leg hold yep. uh, when he was trying to kick him. It just it was just a really nice spot. So I'm gonna ask a question that might be blasphemous on the internet, Andrew. Uh, do you think Samoa Joe is how do I word it? Not bad, but 
Has Samoa Joe lost a step? When you haven't wrestled actively in three years, you have to lose a step. Yeah. So my opinion is, yeah, and his age, like, let me, um, I, I got it right here. I think he's the same age as CM Punk, to be honest. Okay. I think they actually were born the same year. 43 years old. 43. So, yeah, like, that's a situation where you might not be up and at him really quick. And I got to give Joe credit, too. When he showed, when he came and did that debut at the Ring of Honor show, he's wrestled pretty routinely since then. You yeah. know, he did he did the Minoru Suzuki match where I thought he looked really good and then he um he had a couple he I think he wrestled Max Caster and then yep. now he's that was a qualifier. Yeah. Yep. So he's he's gotten the work in and um they got a lot of good quote unquote dream matches that they can still do with Joe in AEW, but so they're taking their time, they're being patient with it, so they're kinda doing this Ring of Honor side gig with him and Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. But now we'll see if it moves on to something even bigger. Um I mean here's the thing, like do you think there should have been an incentive for the Owen for the Owen Cup? Like something like you get a title shot at all out or something like that. Yeah, I mean I think that would make sense. Um I don't think they'll do that now because uh, I, I think Adam Cole is going to win the thing and Adam Cole okay. just got his title shot. Um, but yeah, if this becomes an annual thing, why not? You know, um, King of the Ring used to be like a... Actually, I don't think the King of the Ring ever did have that, but I always thought it, King of the Ring should have led to a SummerSlam one title. time, and that yeah. was when Brock Lesnar won it, which was, I think, the last time for a good while. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a perfect, like, little leapfrog, and, I mean, what better way to heat somebody up than have them win a tournament, you know, win three, four... <laughs> high-profile matches, you know? Yeah, my idea with the Owen Hard Tournament is that um, as an honor to Owen, they should give him two trophies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just like with the Slammies. That's my yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the women's side of it. Uh, uh, so, again, we're predicting that it's going to be Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Thinking Samoa Joe beats Kyle O'Reilly. I think this might be potentially Joe's best match because Kyle O'Reilly is going to wrestle a mat-based style and Joe might not get gassed as, as badly. Um, right. Because that, that's what I've noticed with Joe is he still got it in, in that sense, but I think... If it he, stays on ground and pound. Yeah, he seems yeah. to get gassed pretty easily, and that could be, like, I don't know if it's a Keith weight Lee's issue. Keith Lee's got the same problem. Yeah, yeah, Keith Lee definitely does. Keith Lee seems to be gaining that step back, too, though, but uh, I think both of them just came in maybe not in the best shape, and uh, they right. have to work their way back in. That's, that's a fair. That's a fair assessment, in my opinion. Yeah. So. I don't think that's controversial. Okay. So over on the ladies' side, uh, I think it's so weird that Britt Baker and Tony Storm... It, got paired in a way to where they're not the finals because um Britt baker and tony storm are meeting in the semifinals and one of the finalists is going to be ruby soho or chris statlander okay yeah <laughs> like, i think ruby and statlander were also in the semis of the tbs tournament they were they fought each other yeah and, and ruby, ruby won that one that was the one where ruby did that crazy bug eye thing when the uh, yeah. chris Statlander uh, kicked out of her finisher. Uh, <laughs> uh, Statlander beat Red Velvet, which was – she was a replacement. Uh, Statlander wasn't originally supposed to be there against it Red was, Velvet. Uh, it was going to be Hikaru Shida. Yeah, who's legitimately injured. So, Yes. Um, I, again, these matches will have happened by the time this show comes out. Uh, I feel like Ruby Soho wins again. That does nothing for me. How about you? I think it's Ruby and – I think it's Ruby and Britt. Oh, you think Britt's going to beat Tony Storm? Okay. Yes, I do. I think it's going to be Ruby and Britt. I think they're going to do the same match they did at Grand Slam, pretty much. See, see, my thoughts are, I think Tony beats Britt, and I wonder if Ruby turns heel. Okay. uh, In the finals, because... Gotcha. She's missing something, right? Like, she came in with all this uh, excitement, and she has just been like a... 
pushed a fart in church since then. She, she yeah, and something. you can and you can book them different. You can like book them in the buy-in or something if they don't wind up, um, like meaning the losers of the semis. Like you can sure. find a spot for them sure. somewhere else. Yeah, you know it can make sense. Yeah, I, I just think I think Tony Storm probably wins the thing. I don't think necessarily Ruby turns heel and wins. I, I'll agree with you on one that I'd say one that we do agree on, regardless of the Brit, um, Tony winner. I think Ruby Soho wins it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, poor Chris Statlander. <laughs> she's a human now, and she's still losing matches. So. <laughs> <laughs> she is doing, like, more of a darker routine where mm-hmm. she's not with the best friends yeah, anymore. Yeah, fully, fully separated from best friends. Even Rapungi Vice is kind of healing up a little bit. Uh, they're yep. feuding now with FTR for the yep. Ring of Honor tag belts. Yeah, which I think is a nice little uh, pathway to FTR maybe going for the IWGP tag titles at Forbidden Door. That was teased, yeah. yes. So I don't even know who the IWGP tag champs are. Me right neither. Now. We'd have to like quick Google while we talk about it. But uh, it's some some team that you and I have never heard of that will have an awesome match with FTR. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah. Uh, so let's go. Uh, I, th- I think we'll get into our previews after we kind of gloss over everything else. Um, we mentioned earlier that Tony Tony listens to our shows, and we alluded to the chips. If you are a regular listener. I mentioned that Michigan has its own local brand of chips called Better Made. And when Danhausen left Hook a bag of chips as a gift in the ring, it was Better Made chips. <laughs> uh, now, Danhausen is from Michigan, uh, believe it or not. Um, actually, a, a friend of mine, her name's Melissa, went on a date with Danhausen once. <laughs> Danhausen does have a girlfriend. Yeah, uh, a fiance, I believe. Yeah, like she's got a ton of tattoos. Yeah, so my my friend Melissa is not a home wrecker. This is before Dan Housen and Mrs. Housen <laughs> were together. Home wrecker Housen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dan Housen and Hook will be. Uh, I think that's the buy-in match. Uh, they're taking on Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling. So I think that kind of tells us what Dan Housen will be like as terms of character. Like he's up against a manager in a tag match. I don't think he's going to be used as a wrestler really ever. Um, no, a serious one, you know. And Hook is like the bully on the block with the heart of gold. Yeah. But well, he's was it? What do they call him? The cold-hearted, handsome devil. So he's yeah. cold-hearted. Yeah. But you know, I mean, gold's cold. You know, <laughs> if you touch a piece <laughs> of gold, it's probably freezing. But he'll he'll come to he'll come to Danhausen's defense. Now, I did love the handshake. The handshake was an awesome. Oh awesome man, spot. it was so loud when the crowd cheered for that. That was so. So cool. when Danhausen lost, um, they started to do a beatdown. Tony Nese and yep. Smart Mark Sterling and. Hook comes to the rescue, gets him out of there, and they do a sl- they do the slow mega powers thing, mm-hmm. and then the handshake. And Danhausen's face is hilarious. Yeah, and the crowd went nuts, dude. Yes. Like, oh, by the way, let's talk about this. What do you think of Danhausen's theme music? It's almost like Pee Wee's Playhouse style. That's all I was gonna say. It was like it was like Pee Wee's Playhouse yeah. or um or um Space Ghost Coast yeah. to Coast. Yes. Okay, that's a better one. That's a better accurate. Uh, it was just really weird. And you know? as he's coming to the ring, he was announced as being from was it very very far away somewhere? Very yeah, far somewhere away. somewhere very far away. And Can he was announced that? as being well over six feet tall and over three hundred. Can you announce Dan Housen to the ring as that little creepy crawler thing in Space Ghost Coast? <laughs> yeah. What was that guy's name? Oh, I man. forgot it. I have not watched it in so long. Dan Housen. It was. 
it was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Like way ahead. There's an there is an infamous episode with Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Tony Khan definitely listens to our show. The chips are there. But let me take my real victory lap. In our last episode, I said, "What if one of the Joker spots is Q from Impractical Jokers?" And sure enough, guess who appeared on screen? Andrew, <laughs> Q himself. Wait, the the Q. Yeah. Uh, oh my! I've always thought someone get Ted. Someone get Ted Cruz on the phone. I've always thought it was weird that <laughs> QAnon took off, but not like Salanon or Joe Anon. I'll tell you Anon. an even funnier. I'll tell you an even funnier one involving that. So I was watching Dark Elevation. Anthony Agogo wrestled the mysterious Q, and they all start chanting Q Q. They're in Houston, Texas, and Mark <laughs> Henry just. I'm serious. It was, it was like a bigger guy, almost like Preston Vance's side okay. size. And he, his name was the Mysterious Q. They announced him as the Mysterious Q. The crowd starts chanting for him and like cheering him on. A go-go beats him up. He covers the Union Jack on him and pins him. Or no, he um he he loses by ten count, and the crowd just boos the shit out of a go-go. Mark Henry goes, "Man, these Houston Texas fans really love the Mysterious Q." <laughs> You can't tell me that was on. You can't tell me it was that was on. It wasn't on purpose, right. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Q from Impractical Jokers, yes, showed yeah. up when you talked after you talked about uh, Impractical yeah. Jokers. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they taped some stuff backstage because Q is a big time, and so is Sal. If you watch the show, Sal wears a lot of wrestling shirts on the show, and they actually had. Do you watch Impractical Jokers? Not not regularly, no. So, but you know how the show works. At the end, there's like a punishment. Yes. Uh, one one episode, one of the punishments was Q um, dressed up like Peter Pan and had to come out blindfolded, and he was at a wrestling show, and it was Tommy Dreamer's <laughs> House of Hardcore, and he just had to take chops from Tommy Dreamer in the ring in front of the whole crowd. That, was, that is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> so, but, um, I'm, I'm sure they like, – look, look, like your knowledge may vary on the Johnny Knoxville match that happened a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Oh, I man. watched it again and I enjoyed it. I I didn't even watch all of WrestleMania, but because my brother told me it was so good, I watched it. I mean, I think it depends on if you like Jackass or not. And I was a big fan of it back in the day. I thought it was great. I mean, I thought uh, Wee Man doing the body slam, it almost exactly looking like Hogan slamming Andre was so great, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that was good stuff. No, like it, it can work. Like my mm-hmm. long story short, if you have celebrities that are willing to take part, willing to do the stunts, you yeah, know, Tom Cruise got a mo- Tom Cruise got a movie coming out, and he's like infamous for like doing all his stunts, all of his own stunt work. Like, if you're willing to do the work, cool. Like, it, 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 you're you're not going to embarrass yourself. I don't think anyone's going to roll their eyes at you. Mm-hmm. The ones that I hate are the ones that overdo it, or they like try to poke fun at it, like. Um, you mentioned one time about um, Najee Harris, where they're just like, "Oh, look at all these stupid fans!" So yeah. I'm gonna act like a moron, and it's or, like, uh, Lavar Ball, Labello Ball, and Lonzo Ball. Yeah, where he like took off his shirt and ad lib. Well, like, I, I swear that Lamelo Ball said the N word too. <laughs> so like... one of the one, <laughs> which was funny because I think he was in the ring with the Miz. He was. <laughs> <laughs> like Miz ain't gonna come back with that fire, right. but um, no. <laughs> the the best uh, I know we're getting off track, but the best celebrity that I probably saw because he's so well versed in Broadway was Hugh Jackman with Zack Ryder. Oh, with the big he punch, was the best. Yeah, he was um promoting some crappy movie called Real Steel. Yeah, and he hosted Raw, and I thought he did a fantastic. It was job. like boxing robots or something, right? Correct, yeah. correct. And I thought Jackman was great. Like I think it goes back to like. Like theater of the absurd, theater of the round. If you're really 
willing to like put your body out there and your mind out there for the performance. Those are the best ones in, in terms of celebrity. And Impractical Jokers is really good at that. Yeah. Hey, let's spend a minute or two talking about somebody else because they're not on the pay-per-view card, but I don't want to not talk about them because I think maybe the best performer the past two weeks uh, was the guy we've been calling Takeshita, but his name is Takeshita. <laughs> Takeshita. <laughs> Holy cow, this dude's yes. awesome, man. This guy is yeah, awesome. Yeah, he's from DDT, and uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they just, you know, Brandy made that joke about how we only got, we only made that deal with Impact, so we get Josh Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> but um, maybe they only made that deal with DDT to the Takeshita. Well, mission accomplished because yeah. he comes in and he has some nice matches. Yeah. He lost that one to Jay Lethal mm-hmm. that we talked about. Then he had one with Hangman Page, and that was the best match on the show. Oh, it was awesome, and the crowd like was so into it, like not like turning on Page. But like really buying into Takeshita's uh, near falls and stuff, and I think the crowd was like, "Okay, this guy's legit. I think this guy could be a regular moving forward." I don't know really I know where he fits roll in. Their but eyes man. at fighting. I know they roll their eyes at fighting spirit like it's no selling, but there is an art to it. Mm-hmm. Like there is a timing aspect mm-hmm. to fighting spirit of like, "Oh, you just dropped me on my head. Well, let me drop you on yours." Like, and he his timing is really good. He's also big. He's like in his he's like two hundred. That's pounds. the part that surprised he's me the most. Three. Like, yeah, yeah, he can go toe to toe with the big guys. He looks like um, there was a, an all Japan tag team back in the day, uh, Hiroshi Takayama. And Takao Amori, they were called Team No Fear. He looks like them blended together, like the face of Takayama with the body of Amori. Uh, yeah, he's really good. He does this okay. top rope, top rope lariat, which looks really scary, but it's probably actually pretty safe. It's a really cool move. I'm, and then he did a last ride, which was like holy yeah, shit! Like, to Hangman, he got him way high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. That was a wild match. I would love to see this guy. Like, I, I don't know how long he's here stateside. I don't really know. And then uh, Hangman rub, is rubbing rubbing it back at uh, uh, yep. CM Punk, a uh, GTS. Yep, yep. Yeah, which – so did he – did Takeshita kick out of the uh, Buckshot Lariat? No, I don't – he he gave him the Buckshot Lariat, and then he gave him the GTS. That's right. Okay, I was going to say, I, I don't think that they believed in him that much to have him kick out of the Buckshot, but – No, yeah. no. I, I just want to spend a minute kind of hyping that guy because he's not on Double or Nothing. So He's got gonna, a future. Yeah. Like, AEW needs to find a way to keep him in, in uh, stateside. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they really got something there with him, and, I mean, there's a lot of dream matches after seeing him just wrestle two times. I'd love to see him against Eddie Kingston and Mox and Danielson and everybody, really. <laughs> I mean, right. You know, so, but, yeah. Uh, is there anybody else we need to kind of hit on before we get into our full preview of Double or Nothing? I was just kind of trying to think uh, of who's not, not on the show that we don't want to forget about, you know? Uh, oh, who got poochied, as you like to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other ones I thought of that really didn't get any time, uh, Orange Cassidy. Yep. Um, the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Gresham. I hadn't seen anything from Jonathan well, Gresham. Well, he apparently got a concussion at Battle of the Belts. Is he not Is he? Oh, maybe I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's Dalton know. Castle. I thought I heard that he got a concussion, so he might. He not also, be I, I did see he had to relinquish the Progress Championship, which I think is a British, a British Federation Championship. Yeah, well, I might be wrong about that. It might be American, I'm but basically, sure. Progress is part of WWE's network, so they basically didn't want an AEW wrestler. He's got such a cool mask that he wears to the ring. It's like this. It's like an octopus. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, all right, so let's get into our pay-per-view uh, preview. Uh, coming up this weekend is Double or Nothing, and we like to do match-by-match, kind of go over a quick history of what led us to this match, and uh, I think it's a pretty good fleshed-out card. Uh, maybe one or two matches that I would maybe bump, but 
you know, it is what it is. Ten, ten matches is a lot. But yeah, I'm sure they can balance it out pretty well. I agree. Um, do you feel like do you feel reminiscent because it's the first, it's the, it's the third double or nothing? Well, I'm wrong. It's the fourth double or nothing, but. That was the inaugural show. I know there was All In and All Out was like spiritual sequel, but Double or Nothing was really... Yeah, All In wasn't an AEW show. Like, yeah. Correct. Yeah, Double or Nothing is the first AEW show. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's. I was thinking about that too. Like, So All Out we've kind of talked about is like their WrestleMania. What would you say Double or Nothing is in terms of a WWE comparison? I don't think it's the SummerSlam. It's the Royal Rumble. The Rumble, yeah. Like, it, it's the show that leads into All Out. Yeah, because they have the know? summer, the summer program kind of all out. It's Memorial Day weekend to, to Labor Day weekend, basically, yeah. you know, is the cycle. Now, so. now the last two, um, they did have big, um, I mean, we'll talk about it later at the end of the show, but, um, like, they had big gimmick matches to blow off those shows. Yeah, um, they were also, they were, well, 2020 was was during quarantine with no fans 21 did have fans mm-hmm. so and it was actually i remember having a really great feeling watching a show with fans in it i know wrestlemania was in tampa but they were socially distanced and it just felt kind of weird yeah it, uh, it didn't feel like wrestlemania that's for sure whereas the Daily's place one in double or nothing with fans which had kenny and pack and Orange Cassidy and mm-hmm. like um, um there was a couple the, the Young Bucks yeah and Young Bucks and Eddie Kingston and Moxley like having fans there just felt it was so it was so spiriting like yeah. it, it was great to like kind of like oh yeah this is what wrestling is like you know yeah yeah I agree um man I forgot about that Kingston Mox Young Bucks match that was really that's good. a fantastic match yeah yes. that was really good I mean I didn't forget about it but I forgot it was on Double or Nothing last year so that was a legitimately good show um uh, uh talking about the previous year's Double or Nothing I thought twenty was okay too um mm-hmm. nineteen the first one is probably the best one yeah so I mean it's it's a they've got a pretty good track record here and I don't look at this card on paper and think well this is gonna break the streak. Because uh, I expect a, a good show. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm a fanboy, but you know, I look at the match, I'm like, this will be good, this will be good, this will be good. There's a couple things I'm not thrilled about watching, but I don't think they'll be outright bad, you know. There's right. one that I'm like, why is this here? And we'll get to that. But let's start right from the top. I mean, it's coming from Las Vegas, just like where Double or Nothing uh, started from, uh, but in a much bigger arena this year. Um, the T-Mobile Arena, yep. yeah. Yep, and uh, top of the card uh, for the AEW World Championship, Hangman Page is defending against CM Punk. Definitely his biggest title defense uh, yet, and maybe a title reign-defining match. Because um, if he loses it here, I think we maybe look at the page title reign as kind of like a, eh, good, not, not a great. Not a dud. I wouldn't call it a yeah, dud. Yeah, good, not great. But I would say yeah. it was middling. Right. It was mid. Yeah. But, um, but if he retains, then I think it's a big feather in the cap. Right. That would be it. I I that I think I've been saying this for the last couple of shows. Now we're gonna come down to our prediction yeah. here. Is like, like who is gonna win? Like I, it's really hard. Like <laughs> if you were FanDuel or DraftKings and mm. you were laying a bet, this would be a hard one. And yeah. I bet that the, I bet the odds are not like heavily in favor yeah, of one guy. Unless, yeah. <laughs> unless Tony Khan has a. Like this is the one. This is the one time where Tony Khan had a booking sheet leaked on Associated Press on a photo. I would love to know what it says. <laughs> right. Well, I, I like what you wrote in our note sheet that you know the idea of Punk winning. He would be the first non-original 
to win the right. world title. Everybody else has won the world title. It's been here and for those day nerds one. who are like, oh, what do you mean? Oh, John Moxley didn't start an aid. No, dummy. The people who began AW as part of the roster. Right. Like um, um, Jericho, hey, um, Moxley, Omega, and Hangman Page, they were all there at the outset. Yep, like right after the one. first double or nothing, they were all there. Yep. CM Punk was not. CM right. Punk was signed last year. So now you now we're getting into this. So we'll say Punk wins it. Now it's the advent of, okay, we have this big name. Now he's the champ. Mm-hmm. And I know some people will roll their eyes. Oh, my God, you're doing all this and you put the title on CM Punk because he's a star. Whereas, like, yeah, but if you follow the story, it actually kind of made sense. Right. Like, they they booked it really smartly to where if he wins, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel fake. Right. Like, it feels like something that actually made sense. Yep. But I do like the idea of Hangman winning and making Punk doubt himself. Yeah. I, now that's even more interesting. I think Hangman Page is going to win. Okay. Yeah, I think he's going to win because... uh, I'll go with basic and say Punk wins the title. Okay. And my thinking is simply because I I think Tony does have long-term plans in mind. Maybe not for the whole card, but top of the card, I think he kind of has his his road mapped out. I think Punk will win the title eventually. And this is just kind of peeking into what we're going to talk about later. I think when Punk wins, it'll be later because he will lose it to MJF and we will get the summer of MJF heading into 2024. So I don't think punk wins yet, but I think maybe he wins it down the road. And then I also think I know who he loses to. That's just what I think because with all this contract talk and stuff, I think we're setting up for, you know, and of course MJF would want to do the summer of punk as himself. Punk was his hero. You know, that would Um, be, that would actually be really, I didn't even think about that. That's, that's just the path that I see going. Now I don't know if, hangman loses to punk or if there's like a small interim champ my gut says no is that that they wouldn't do a short title reign in between i think maybe page wins here and then do we have an establishment of who the heel in the face is by the end of this (sighs) no i i don't i don't think the fans are gonna boo either one of them to be honest unless that unless that's the way they want to go story-wise where they want you to boo somebody um yeah but I don't think I don't think they'll come out of this with one guy really going but, heel. So but I, it also speaks to the long form story of Hangman Page. The yeah. ballad of the Hangman is like he's a guy who he had self doubt was always in his way, yep. and then until he finally reached the mountaintop, now it's a fight for legitimacy. Yeah, where I'm the champion, and you know the first like one of his major feuds was Adam Cole. Um, and the story behind that was Adam Cole's like, I was the better Adam. I was all, I'm a bigger star. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to get by me because I know how to win. I've won gold everywhere I've been. And it, but it's also based off like a thing that Hangman's always obsessed has been like the silver lining in all of the feuds he's had is other than Archer was basically respect. Like you will, by the end of this, you will respect me. Yeah. And they talked about shaking hands. And I remember Hangman shook um, shook uh, Cole's hand when he was unconscious. Yeah, <laughs> they were both in Ring of Honor and they had just bought Ring of Honor, so that was sort of like a to- like a token of that. Whereas Punk said something that I thought it was interesting in the promo, where he said, um, "No matter what you think, you will shake my hand." And when oh, he puts out his hand, that. like Hangman gave him the the middle finger. Yeah. So I wonder if Punk's gonna cheat, and as Hangman is unconscious and wins the belt, he shakes his hand unconscious. 
So okay, now you got almost, me maybe changing my mind, man. It's almost as <laughs> almost F you because you know that this is this is Hangman's storyline. Or Hangman wins, he wants to shake Punk's hand and does the thing that Jericho did at Kingston where he walks away. Yeah. You know, because he, because you know, it's like it's like the Jordan '95. Like, you know, J- Jordan came back, but he didn't win the title. Mm. He lost to the Magic. He had to recalibrate and fig- find that motivation by losing to try to get back to the mountaintop, give him more motivation to win. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm not saying they're all symmetrical and that that Tony Khan is booking this far out, but you, I do think you have a point when it comes to the world title. There is a grand plan. Yeah. I don't think this is something that they book by the seat of their pants. I agree. Yep. I um. I, I think it's really cool. Like you mentioned, the battle the ballad of the hangman is that he didn't believe in himself, and now we're in like chapter two where he believes in himself now, but he realizes that other people don't believe in him, and so now he's Correct. fighting for legitimacy. I think it's a really Correct. cool like chapter. Um, and then, yeah. then maybe and chapter three in pro, in pro wrestling fandom than CM Punk. Right. And then maybe chapter three is once everyone believes he maybe believes in himself too much, slips on banana peel and costs himself. Like he almost becomes right. arrogant. Like, I mean, that's a really good story that I just, but I'm totally fascinated with the match. And I do think a lot of the energy in the crowd will be for this match. Yep. I'm not saying it's going to sap the energy cause it's going to go last. But I do think they're going to reserve a lot of their enthusiasm for this one because I think people are really jazzed about it. Yeah, absolutely. We're worthy of a main event spot. So, um, Probably the second biggest match on the card, though, is uh, MJF versus Wardlow. Uh, what Ward- do you mean, George? It's not official yet. As oh, that's talking. true. MJF. So what happens if Wardlow loses the cage match to Sean Spears? Is the match <laughs> We're just off? not having the match. Bye, guys. <laughs> is it, do we get MJF versus Sean Spears? <laughs> Yeah, he'll just power bomb him twenty times. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's a match on the dynamite we haven't seen yet, but obviously Wardlow wins that one. Can um, you believe that Sean Spears beat Wardlow in the yeah, cage? Yeah, clean. <laughs> he gave him the symphony of power bombs right back. <laughs> so, uh, I will say they've been they've been trying to do a good job of hyping him up as like quote the giant killer and yeah I mean um, I'm going to snuff you out and blah 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 but you know how it's going to end it's yeah. going to end with Sean Spears getting absolutely tortured to death in yeah front and of it's MJF's in a cage eyes. which I think is it interesting is. um maybe because Wardlow did Wardlow lose a cage match to somebody is that why they put it in a cage Cody Rhodes that's right because it almost seems counterproductive to put Wardlow in the cage. With Spears, like it's sending Spears out to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so, uh, they'll probably come up with something unique, is my guess, because this thing has been really unique. It's a lot of it's paint by numbers. Like we've seen these storylines before, but just a lot of the little touches have been really, really clever. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who is behind the details of this storyline. I don't know if it's MJF. I don't know if it's Tony Khan. It might be Wardlow. It might be a combination, but. Whoever is really the impetus behind all this, I think, deserves a raise because this has been been really, really even just the 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 lack of music coming in cuffed, being let in, almost like Goldberg like, and it gets the war. The attention chance. to detail. Yes, yes, right. yeah. It's been so so good. Um, yeah, so so good. Uh, having said all that, like, there's no way Wardlow loses this match, right? I think MJF's gonna win. Really? Okay. Then what? I think okay. So win. going that way, then what do you think happens with Wardlow moving after that? Uh, Wardlow is even more infuriated at MJF, and he wants a rematch against MJF versus the other way. It's almost like a reverberation of what happened with Punk and MJF, okay. where MJF beat him by nefarious means, and Punk was the one who wanted the rematch. Do you think they do it like on a dynamite then? 
Maybe so. Okay. Um, like, because you're now we're because Forbidden Door is New Japan AEW. Not saying you can't have AEW versus AEW. If you wanted to do that, you probably could. Yeah. But can you extend this out again to All Out? Um, probably in not. September. Probably not. It'd be hard. It'd be hard. Yeah. And I agree on that one. So maybe you blow it off on a Dynamite, and because uh, mm-hmm. they got big shows that we're going to talk about. So um. With big crowds, and so maybe they could do that way, but I don't think it's over. Like I think that I think MJF's going to want to keep telling this this version of the story. Um, I, I don't know, but you know, like the 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 way it's been working with MJF with the pay per views is that that's the end of the feud. Yeah, you know, like Darby, and he's been losing. The end. Yeah, that was the end, quote unquote. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and, and it's it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm glad to listen to your theory because. Storyline-wise, it makes sense that Wardlow plows through this guy. But I'm thinking mm. about it like, MJF lost the feud to Punk. Like, he won the Derby feud, but he lost the feud to Punk. So I don't know that you want a guy who is probably your top heel to lose two feuds in a row. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, without getting a win. Like, he can wind up losing the feud to Wardlow because he should. That's how the story should be told. Or you could flip it the other way. Like, we always... It's a, it's a comparable to Triple H and Batista. It has it written all over it. And uh, we said this already on the show, but we'll say it again: is that you don't have to roll your eyes at something just because WWE did it first. Sometimes yeah. it, it works. Right. Like yeah. if you if you if you have the attention to detail, like you mentioned, if you if you tell the story correctly, and and I love this about matches too. Like this is what I love about the first Doctor Britt Baker. DMD Thunder Rosa match is just how invested they were in making sure everything like mm-hmm. they cared. Yep. They wanted to make sure everything was done correctly and that they did it to maximum effort. And I feel that way about the storyline between Warlone and MJF. Like nobody's breaking character, nobody's going off script. It's not about one upsmanship. It is just it's not fifty fifty booking. It's just about telling a story. So what if MJF loses? He wants to wrestle him again. He loses to him again. Then he wants mm. to wrestle him again. He loses to him again. Yeah. Like, I can see that, too. Yeah. Because they do have to... You know, I almost... Man, I'm, you're almost selling me on MJF winning, and we get, like, a, like maybe, like, a Tony Khan the hero moment. Like, because MJF comes out and says, Wardlow, you're fired, and then Tony Khan oh, says... that's true, because he wouldn't get the contract. So yeah. that would... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he gets cocky after a win and and fires Wardlow, which opens the door for Tony Khan to come out and quote sign him, and then we get the yes, the a Deus ex, a Deus ex Makana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I think crackhead Tony Khan would jump at the chance to to do that. And be like, hey, guess what, guys? Ah! <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got another signing, but <laughs> maybe it's the hair. Maybe it is. It's the, the hair in the eyes, dude. He's so bug eyed all the time, like. You know that famous picture of the Joker with him grabbing his hair? <laughs> his hair is like his hair's like Phil Spector in that murder trial. <laughs> you know it's funny, I'm trying to I'm I'm gonna be forty um at the end of June and I'm growing I just decided randomly to grow my hair out. Hmm. Um and I told I told Emily, I was like, Emily, I'm gonna give it one last dance. Like every you know, Punk's doing the last dance, you know, we're the you know, the Warriors want one last dance in the final like, I'm going to give it one last hand. I'm going to grow this hair. Because I've always heard, like, when you're older, it's like a chia pet. So, like, if you grow it as <laughs> as long as you can and you cut it, you shave it, it's it's all gray. Yeah. And my wife loves gray hair. So. Oh, okay. So, so you're thinking long-term. Yeah, long-term booking. 
Here's the weird thing. She likes she likes men with gray hair, but I've never had gray hair in my life. Okay. Interesting. So so that that means she's interested in something else. <laughs> um, but um no, like I can see the silver fox coming out. So I'm like I'm going to give him one more go. Even CM Punk, his hair grows out pretty long, man. Like yeah. he'll have he'll have the sweat going and like his 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 like the the thing I do like about uh Punk when he does his blade job is that man, he's got that blood like covered in his hair and he's like whipping it around. <laughs> yeah. Like it's spraying all over. Yeah. The only thing we didn't talk about with Punk and Hangman is who blades. Uh, I'll say Hangman. Okay. If if I can't say both, I'll say Hangman. Hangman was on a hell of a run. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's funny. They, we haven't had blood on TV lately, so we got a pay-per-view, so somebody's bleeding. And that's the match where... Yeah, the only one who probably bled was Darby Allen internally. Yeah, he was coughing up blood a la Ken Shamrock. Um, I don't see blood on this one either. I know there's a cage match on Dynamite, the mystery Dynamite. I don't... uh, Maybe Sean Spears will bleed. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think the cage is more like for spots like him trying to run away. I don't know. Just don't do that stupid one you did for the Britt Baker one where it's enclosed to the apron on one side and exposed to the floor on the other. Please don't do that. That looks so – it is so second budget. Just like don't do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So yeah, MJF Wardlow, uh, probably second. I don't know if that will be the second from the top. I think there will be a cooler match in between um, probably the TNT title, which we'll talk about in a second. TBS title, I'm sorry. Um, Uh, we've got our uh, Anything Goes Anarchy in the Arena match um, between the Jericho Appreciation Society, the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, minus uh, Wheeler Yuta, uh, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz, five on five. Um, it makes perfect sense that Blackpool Combat Club would fight the sports entertainers. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of William Regal's promo where he basically said, I used to shove your toothbrush up my butthole? <laughs> <laughs> I it was I did, weird, I did, man. I did, I did like. I did like the. I will say this: Jericho's first like um, promo de- that he delivered to Regal, I thought was actually really good. Yeah. Like he came off as really like snot as snide and evil, and then he made a, a mention of like a past WWF feud where he said, "I'm gonna, I'll piss in your tea again," which I thought. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because it was like such a sports entertainment-y thing that they did. And then Regal just basically says, yeah, well, I still pull ribs. (laughs) (laughs) Including this one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is a horrible thing to admit to on national television. Like, it's... Anyways, uh, so basically, here's how this one's gone down. If you've uh, been out on AEW, and I'll say something I love about Jericho's character turn. The Jericho Appreciation Society is the group of sports entertainers. It's Jericho Hager... Uh, 3.0, um, which includes uh, Daniel Garcia. And uh, they right. kind of went after Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, Jericho threw a fireball in Eddie Kingston's face, and he's now been saying he did that because he is a wizard. <laughs> so he's which loudly... is funny because, because you know, I do the NBA team with Adam Murray. When you call yourself a wizard in the NBA, that's not exactly a compliment. I mean, Bradley Beal ain't mad to be one right now. Did you see his You're contract? a wizard. What did you do to go there? <laughs> Yeah, but did you see Bradley Beal's contract that they gave him? No, I didn't see uh, it. Over two hundred million. So I don't know how many years, but that's what we would call a super max. Yeah, super duper max to keep Bradley Beal. So, but yeah, Jericho the Wizard yeah. uh, fireballs Eddie Kingston's face, uh, and basically the story has been that Eddie and Santana and Ortiz just are outnumbered over and over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. The Blackpool Combat Club, Blackpool Combat Club, yeah. 
uh, stepped in, and we've got a five-on-five five match. Really funny moment where uh, the crowd was actually getting amped as Jericho was going to say Stadium Stampede, and Mox was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> and the crowd was like, yeah, yeah, like we that. hate it, too. I did like that. Yeah. The crowd was, like, all re- excited to hear it, but then when Mox is like, no, they're like, yeah, no, we don't want that. <laughs> so, but that's basically what well, this match here's the is. the thing, too. Like, yeah. Moxley fitted into the kayfabe where it's like, you're the sports entertainers. We're not doing vignette sports entertainment like stadium yeah. crap right uh, which is funny because they're in las vegas like where are they going to go allegiance stadium that's where money in the bank is <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i mean do you think we are going to have pre-taped stuff with this match um no i think it'll be all in the ring i think okay. with the way the black combat club likes it they want to fight okay. they want to beat the crap out of you in the middle of the ring okay uh so you think it's, you think it's gonna be good I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be, you know, we've seen these pay-per-views where one tag match is sort of a nutty brawl. Like last, last one, the one that you, I think you said it was the favorite one, favorite, your favorite AEW pay-per-view so far, the most recent one, Revolution. Mm, They had that crazy one with Sting, Darby, and, um, and, uh, who was the third guy on that, on that squad? Sting, Um, Darby, and they fought Andrade. Yeah, Andrade, Matt Hardy, and I. Uh, it was Sammy Guevara. Oh, and, okay. Because he's already right. turned heel. Yeah. That's why we forgot. Yeah. And, now he's and Isaiah Cassidy. And they had a wild brawl. And then the one at Full Gear was Adam Cole, and uh, it was the undisputed uh, yeah, elite. Yeah, against Jurassic and, Express. Yeah. Against Jurassic Express and Christian. So there's always one. There's yeah. always that one wacky tag brawl. This is going to be the one. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be wild. I think it's going to be all over the place. You might see uh, that. You might see that big. Uh, Remember they they have that that they have that prop of the giant stack of chips, yeah. not not the not the chips in Michigan. Yeah, the, not uh, the better made chips. The poker, <laughs> poker the chips. Poker chips. <laughs> the one where uh, Moxley did the did the Death Valley Driver on Kenny Omega. Yeah, like that will be involved. We'll fi- they'll figure out a way to make that work. So I agree. And yeah, it'll be a wild kind of a almost Southern style uh, mess of a match. Yeah, let's go hashtag keep Brian Danielson's legs safe. Uh, did you see that on Twitter? I honestly, honestly think that was a rib. Yeah, I do too. Like, and it's funny, like, it. the Twitter people were freaking out, like, what an unprofessional company. I'm like, Jake Hager is literally putting the boots to him. Like, obviously, this is a... This oh, is yeah, if his leg was really trapped, they would have just stopped. I did like Moxley trying to move the ring. Right. <laughs> that was hilarious. Get Mark um, Henry out here to do a superplex on someone. So, my story behind that, or the way, what I thought happened is that the previous week on in Long Island, CM Punk uh, basically sent the crowd home happy by getting choked out by Hook on a yeah. dark segment where MJF was rooting was basically rooting on the Long Island crowd and Punk was healing it up. Yeah. And he laid in the ring for like twenty minutes. <laughs> Just laid there flat. And they dragged him out in a in a they dragged him out on like a like one of those like a uh, speaker boxes. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, and I think Brian was just trying to like one up him. Yeah. Like. You know, maybe they could have, you know, it'd be funny if they had like a staring contest to close dynamite and they just stared at each other for an hour <laughs> and see if the fans leave. <laughs> maybe they should do that. Just see, <laughs> see how long the fans watch for. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like you see those staring kind of, you'll see it on the pay-per-view where they kind of walk towards each other. Yeah. You know they're talking out the match. Oh yeah. You know they're talking about it. Like, I was watching, you know, I, I told you I rewatched Steve Austin and Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's just telling them, all right, man, what you want to do? <laughs> right. right. So, you know, so sometimes it's as simple as that. You I think can, it'd be like, cool. Do, yeah. 
I think it'd be cool if this match, if we get the five-on-five stare down, you know? I think that's a really cool... I want the scene where all five guys on the Blackpool side are just beating the shit out yep. of the J- Submissions, J-A-S. like, all five lock them into a submission or something. That's super cool. And then, and the only one who's not is Ortiz, and he does the little rake thing with his hands, and he right. goes, <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, man, what if we, what if we... I mean, Regal has said, like, he's actually fairly healthy now. What if Regal puts somebody in a Regal stretch? Wow. That that would be that would be funny. I'm trying to figure out who it might be. It'd probably have to be Dance Master or whatever that guy's name is. Oh, Daddy Magic Matt yeah, Menard? Da- Daddy Magic Matt Menard. Just put their regal stretch. That was funny. I do like his intro. Because he's like, he's so French-Canadian. Yeah. He's like, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, and this will be a good good test for these those two guys, too. Because, I mean... They're perfectly fine, stable members, but we'll see if they can keep up with, like, top-tier guys, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good test for these young guys. Like, Daniel Garcia, I don't really have any doubt, Ken. But these the 2.0 guys have really played all characters so far, so we'll actually get to see them, like, in a like a fight. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, yeah. Play. I bet I bet internally it's a struggle for Daniel Garcia. Yeah. You know, like... Look, being a sports entertainer, quote-unquote, is getting him a push in a big faction. He's getting on big angles to close out shows. But when you get to these pay-per-view matches, you want to show what you can do. Right. So I'm sure that there's that little incentive inside of, like, for the wrestlers of, like, I know we need to play our role uh, for the greater good of putting, you know, of, like, of Jericho as our leader and blah, blah, blah. But you do want to get your spots in. Right. You do want to do that. I think we'll have a, a Garcia Danielson showdown at one point in the match. Just, yeah, I definitely think we will. I hope we do. Yeah, I definitely think that's coming. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that should be a while. Yeah, one. the names in the arena—that's what they're calling it. Yeah, uh, anarchy in the arena. Anything goes. So, uh, yeah. Okay, let's do a prediction. Who's going to win? Who do you think? Um, Eddie Eddie Santana Ortiz in the Blackpool Combat Club. I I'll think say. so too. I think so too. Uh, just because I don't think that they want the combat club to lose just yet. Jericho's team can take a loss, and it doesn't affect their, their game yeah. at all. Well, he's a wizard. He can magically get over it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> He'll make the loss disappear. He'll call, da- <laughs> He'll call Daddy Billy Gunn and have him uh, undo the books. <laughs> so, uh, Next match on the card. Uh, this is one I'm really looking forward to. we got a three-way tag for the tag titles. Jurassic Express taking on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on Team Taz, which is Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, this came about pretty interesting. So Jungle Boy uh, was challenging for the FTW World Title against Ricky Starks. Uh, appeared to be in a good position, and then Swerve Strickland came out and inadvertently cost Jungle Boy the match uh, to where Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were not super happy with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, but there's that feud right. still simmering. And then Christian came out and essentially said, hey, we, the te- he, I, interestingly, he calls us, calls them we, as is, he's part of it. We will defend against anybody, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And he laid down the gauntlet for a three-way tag match. Um, first question is this. Are you picking up what I'm picking up on with Christian? Do you think that... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's really oh, yeah. subtle and really well done, but Christian is going to turn on Jungle Boy sooner rather yeah, than I later. Yeah, 
I think there was a part where Jungle Boy lost to, I think, Kyle O'Reilly, and he's down on himself in a promo, and, and Christian says, that sounds like a loser. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, there's a, that's Captain Charisma. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually thought it was going to come when he lost that match to uh, Ricky Starks, because Christian goes, and he like gives him like a hug, and he looks at the camera. I'm like, oh, and then he just nothing. So like, yeah, Jungle Boy was doing the like the um the why me what was me thing yeah yeah where it's like you know and, I, and look he's one of the four pillars yeah like I and le- I think legitimately he is he's in a great spot as one of the tag champions but when you're uh, it, it, from a kayfabe perspective it does make sense when you get acclimated to being in a tag team when you go back to singles um to try to you know wrestle against a top like a really talented wrestlers like Kyle O'Reilly and Ricky Starks like sometimes you sometimes you're not on your game as a singles competitor and that's why you're in a tag team so maybe he's thinking to himself am I the weak link am I the am I the reason why am I not good enough to go up in the singles division such and such so it tells a good story and Christian is in this balance where he's too hard on him and then when Jungle Boy gets too hard on himself, like Christian doesn't see that as like a like a a virtue, a yeah. jumping off point. He sees yeah. it as a weakness. Yeah, you know. So it's like kind of like a like a really complicated Bobby Knightish type of situation. Yeah, it's not um, something that the announcers have really talked about yet. It's just there for the viewer to pick correct. up. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Just like Warlow and MJF. Yep. Where you, only you pick it up at first. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I think right. it's coming. I don't know that it happens here. Um, because I think there's too many other moving parts for Christian to turn. Um, I think it's more likely that he would turn after they lose the belts rather than cost them the belts. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Christian would cost them the titles, but I think when they do lose the titles, that's when it opens the door for Christian. That would be the harbinger for the breakup. Yep. Right. Yep, I agree. You know? So, And then Lugasaurus would be the man in the middle. Yep. Uh, but, um, yeah, if there's anything that Jungle Boy loves, it's three ways. As he <laughs> he sure does. He loves those. So, um, <laughs> Luchasaurus looked at him in that promo it was like months ago, and he goes, right. huh? <laughs> <laughs> We didn't have those six million years ago. Well, they won the last one uh, at Revolution. That was a fantastic match. Right. This one will be good, too. It won't be as good as that one. but yeah. um, Do you think that they'll he- retain? Oh yeah, I think retain. I think it'll be really fun though. I mean, Starks and Hobbs. I'm always game for yeah, them. Yeah, I love all six of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, and and I agree with you about what you said earlier on the show about um, Lee and Swerve. That it's gonna it's gonna help Lee out. It's helping him with his cardio, so he doesn't have to do too much. Yeah. Um, I love that combo they did with the spirit bomb and the um and oh, the yes and the foot stomp. It looks yes. so fucking cool. Like, really cool. It, like the only thing I didn't like, I didn't like the way that that Jungle Boy Starks uh, match ended with the uh, interference by Swerve. I didn't like it. I understood it was a mechanism to get him involved. It just made Swerve look just, dumb. Yeah, it came off clunky. Yep. Thank you. And um, but I, it makes sense. There were some nice insults. I think. Uh, I think <laughs> Ricky Starks called Keith Lee Rex from Toy Story, yeah. <laughs> and Swerve Strickland called Ricky Starks a bar of soap with a pearl necklace on. <laughs> Some awesome one, some awesome, awesome put down. Listen, we are we are on episode. And then Chris Jericho Cage came out with something else. And I can't remember what it was. Yeah, we are on episode nineteen of this show, and I will say for anyone who's a new listener, Andrew has been carrying the flag of Ricky Starks since day one. Like, and I think absolutely I think from these, New Orleans. Yeah, I think this last month has been like your vindication. Like he has been hitting home run after home run every time he's out there. This dude is awesome. And he, He's so photogenic. Like, there's yep. a spot, I don't know if you caught it, where Jungle Boy kicks out and there's a 
um, a zoom in of Ricky Stark's face. And <laughs> why Ricky me? looks right in the camera. And he goes, "Why me?" Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. He's yeah. just really good at like hitting all the spots. He's almost like the male version of Doctor Britt Baker. Yeah, I like, like him a lot. He's his his timing is good. His, the other thing too is that his matches are not that long. Mm-hmm. He also suffered a really bad neck injury, so yeah. you have to protect him a little bit. So being in a tag makes sense. Um, and Hobbs is and a perfect second to that, him. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They're not going to break up. That ain't no. happening anytime soon. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So, uh, yeah, I think I think I'm with you that I see Jurassic, mostly because they need the belts more than the other two teams do. Like, they need to keep the belts more than these other guys need to win the belts, you know? Um, yeah, it's the, sto- it's, it's, it's the long-form storytelling again of, like, yep. can Jurassic Express survive the tag team gauntlet that's been laid in front of them? And right. so far, they have. this has been, it's been successful. I think this could be a really fun match because um, we'll get, you know, Jungle Boy, uh, Sw- Jungle Boy and Swerve will be fun to watch for an exchange. Then we got the Haas battle between, you know, Luchasaurus Hobbs and Hobbs and Lee. and Lee. I mean, Hobbs and Lee had a match on, on Rampage a few weeks back that was really good. Like, mm-hmm. th- this will be fun. I hope this gets some time to breathe, too. I hope it's uh, I mean, it could be a sprint. I don't know. But I hope this one gets a little bit of time. Um Next match on the card is Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb for the AEW Women's Championship. So Serena Deeb gave this promo where she called out Dustin Rhodes and essentially said, you know, you know, I, de- I deserve more respect than I'm getting. Why did you pick? Why did you say I was going to lose to Thunder Rosa? This promo got some mixed reviews. What did you think of it? I thought it was just okay. Like, yeah. I understood it was just a quick heater to try to get some heel heat on Deeb going into the title match because I think the – I. I th- I know she's a producer for a lot of the women's matches. She's very influential with a lot of the women in that in the company with helping put together their matches, and that's mm-hmm. cool. And he, she's a good like individual wrestler. She's had some really good matches with the Karushita. Um, but the thing is that personality-wise, it, it's hard to really buy into her. I know she kind of puts herself over as like the professor, like the smarter wrestler, the one who thinks smart. And it's hard to like. I guess they're just trying to like quicken this storyline up for the pay-per-view of like Thunder Rosa is the champ but Serena is a veteran and she feels like she has an axe to grind so they they're trying to give her this mean streak so she's like trying to attack Tony Schiavone yeah and it's it's because they said Thunder Rosa is going to win the match basically right it was just kind of like a just a weird thing to just have an excuse for her to be picking on somebody that Serena would realistically beat the crap out of then they bring in Dustin and it's like that felt tacked on that was the one where I'm like yeah. What are we doing here? It got goofy because then Thunder Rosa comes out to defend Dustin and accidentally elbows him in the face and Serena Deep yes. stole the belt. And we're like, yes. this all happened we in the span of like belts. Yeah, this all happened in the span of like 40 seconds and it just felt like I don't know, man. You know, I'm not. I, I don't like to be the purveyor of the of Jim Cornetisms, but he always had one of like an angle, like. Um, you don't want to you you don't want to use another angle for another five years. I wouldn't say five years, but having angles where the belt is stolen between the TNT title, mm-hmm. the World and Tag Team titles, and the Women's title, it gets pretty old. Yeah. It, it gets old really quickly, and that's one where I'm like, man, we need to put that one to bed and just like maybe like microwave it again in a year or so. Because no, yeah, quick quick tangent on the TNT title thing that's so stupid is mm-hmm. that Sammy stole the belt and then like smash it with a sledgehammer. He's like, oh, I guess you need. New- belt they have a second one <laughs> they, they have one <laughs> like, it's so dumb they have one like i did i did Dan that Lambert was wearing it to the I, ring for weeks 
I did that to my wife one time with sunglasses. She took my sunglasses, threw it off my face, and I had a second pair. <laughs> it's like CSI all Miami. She was, yeah. all, she could do was, all she could do was laugh. And I did it on purpose. I like did it so that she, I could aggravate her. But yeah, Maybe they did that on purpose just to get the second belt off of her. Right. But the dumbest, too, is that they're like hanging out with the belts, and then they're like, okay, I guess we'll just destroy it. Right. Um, I have not been a huge fan of the Sammy stuff. It yeah, I'm glad this like, is not on the pay-per-view. Like, right. I, I feel like they're almost pausing that, like, okay, what are we going to do with these guys? Because, like, it, Kazarian, I don't, I, I, I don't know. They had, a, they had a good match. Yeah. I mean, they have great chemistry. Well, we talked about it on the, yeah, we talked about it on the last show. We thought that Scorpio Sky was going full babyface, and then, nope. <laughs> nope, he's No, not. he turned, he turns on Frankie after as, like, a swerve. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not Strickland related. And, um, <laughs> and so... You know, all ego is still the heel. Dan is still the heel, and um, the, I don't know this TNT stuff. It just we just need to just tell a very basic story. I know that the idea is that okay, we want Scorpio Sky on Rampage because he's the TNT champion, mm-hmm. and you want to defend that title. So he's kind of getting his segments there, and they have their own little bubble storyline on Rampage. But the problem is Rampage has been on during the afternoon special yeah, hour, it's basically and, like and the after school special, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, Ben Ben Affleck on steroids, and then Scorpio Sky versus Frankie Kazarian. Right. Um, <laughs> for those who don't know, there was an after-school special where Ben Affleck was like driven mad by taking too many steroids. Did he jump um, through a window or something? Some stupid shit. And then they had the real person like, "This is what happened to me." And right. oh god, oh memories. Uh, and but uh, the thing is that. Uh, um, they're going to. This is unrelated, but we're they are going back to their regular slot because it looks like it, it depends on the Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and Mavs, which should be a. Oh, it's over! It's over! It's yeah. already over! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're going back to their slot on TNT once yeah. the Stanley Cup Finals is out of the way, which is probably good for them. So, yeah. um, but yeah, let's go rewind a little bit. Uh, Thunder Rosa is going to retain the title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, I, I, I would. That's why I don't want to talk about it. I, I'm pretty sure it's. Good. I think the match will be good. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll be, be about fine. maybe what, eleven minutes. It'll be fine. Nine or I actually minutes. think maybe they they're doing this feud one because they don't have a lot of heels built up in the women's division. But two, Thunder Rosa is good character wise, but she's sloppy, and so maybe they want Serena Deeb to kind of like walk. Yeah, to like Serena can walk her through it. And like lead the match, and we'll see how she does there. So I think that's Free, freelance. I agree with you. You make a good point. Freelance is Thunder Rose's game. That's yeah. what she's good at. She's good in that in between stuff. Like you talked about Darby and Jeff. Man, there's a lot of laying around. That's where Thunder Rosa thrives. I agree. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Once they have to do the complicated weird spots, that's when it starts to. That's when her stuff looks kind of weird and fake. Right. We're gonna have three women's matches on this pay per view because they've got that match. They've got the other title match, and then the the Owen Hart Women's Cup final. As well, which we talked yeah. about a little bit on the top of the show. Uh, we don't even know who's that match is going to be, so it's kind of hard to pre. But um, yeah, I, I think whoever wins the Tony Storm Britt Baker match wins the tournament. Is my guess. You know. Okay. What, I would say I'll say Ruby. Okay. I'll say Ruby. Okay. Cool. Uh, the other uh, finals of the uh, one guy's already penciled in. That's Adam Cole. I think we can pencil in Samoa Joe and just kind of discuss this as a preview that it's going to be Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. Um, this could be a good match for Joe. Um, you know, I, I was a little critical of him earlier in the episode, saying like maybe he's lost a step or he's got to work to regain. Um, this this could be a nice showcase for him. Um, I think Cole wins. Um, 
probably shenanigans because that's how Cole wrestles is with shenanigans, but you've also got the whole stupid Satnam Singh thing. Um, and Joe doesn't need really to win the tournament, I don't think. Uh, I think Cole could use the win after losing to Hangman Page, and I think he could use a definitive win here. So what do you think? Um, yeah, you talked me into it. I'd say Adam Cole, too. I was kind of going back and forth. Um do you think there's a problem with uh, the Owen Hart tournament final being um, uh, uh, tainted at all? Do you care? Oh, like if it's like uh, not clean or something? Right. Mm. No, because I think I think there'll be like interference and stuff, but I could see it being like that doesn't directly lead to the to the finish. You know, like mm-hmm. Adam still like maybe interference that. Let's Cole kick out of a muscle buster or something. I don't know. Because Martha Hart's going to present the trophies. Yeah, they showed her on, was it Dynamite that she's on? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She did not appear to be interested at all. (laughs) No, she seemed seemed like she was not caring. And um, which is fine. Listen, you got your money. You got your money in the foundation. It's cool. And um, and the, (laughs) like, the idea, like, say, Cole getting to the podium and getting it from her, and she seems like perturbed by how disrespectful he is i don't know i guess you could tell a story there um because i I was kind of wavering i'll just stay with adam cole it's a tough choice like i could see joe winning it too yeah i mean i I think you could make the case for joe like i don't think he's uh lost yet since coming into um yeah he hasn't so i mean i just think cole maybe needs a win more um but again losing to samoa joe isn't really like gonna hurt you like he's beating everybody so I yeah, I think it'll be very much like um, that that world title eliminator when it was uh, Danielson and Miro, and the match was really good, but it wasn't like blow away great. Right, like, and I, I feel like this is gonna it, be the same. I think this one won't be that long either. Like I think Joe could really get his into his groove if he had like seventeen, eighteen minutes. I don't think it should be that long. I think if we're looking at like ten to twelve, more like an Adam Cole okay. sprint. But that's just my thoughts. So uh, another match that's scheduled right now but we think by the time this mystery dynamite is aired some things will change as of now it's the young bucks versus the hardys you and i both talked uh we think it's going to be expanded to not just two on two but we think uh are you thinking young bucks and fish and o'reilly against the hardys sting and darby yes that's what exactly what i'm thinking they did a tease where i i will say like that was a jam-packed dynamite that they had in in houston where like i think what happened with um, and, I did, and since this is well, actually, I'll talk. I'll talk about that when we get to the next match. But um, okay. um, about tag matches going on on this show. But um, there was a point where um, they attack Sting. Really funny spot where he gets hit by a chair by Kyle O'Reilly. He no sells it. Yeah. He just takes the chair, just pushes it into his face. Yeah. But then they overtake him and they pilmanize him. Yep. And they just say, "We're desperately like, out of time. We're out of time." And yeah. I think that they were legitimately out of time. They were. Like I think. I think it was mistimed where they didn't know how much time they had left. Like, if you look at the Cole-Jeff Hardy match time, it was seven minutes. It was short. I think they legitimately ran out of time. Seven minutes with a picture-in-picture. Picture. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think maybe when they wrote it out, they wanted to maybe let that breathe for a second. But we mm-hmm. really didn't get to see it. It was just they did it, and then the show ended. So we didn't see, like, if Sting got structured out, walked suspense. out. Yeah. It was good suspense. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, so... Uh, I think what they did is they injured his climbing foot. Now he can't climb onto any rails or balconies. To, <laughs> to Which is good because the tornado match 
quote unquote is basically the other one that we talked about with the with the five the five on five. So right. maybe they can just do more of a standard match. Um, they could do the thing with the Bucks and the Hardys where they get the standoff finally and yeah. they they go at it. And uh, but it's most of the work is Red Dragon and Darby uh, and um, and um, and Jeff Hardy. You know, I mean that that, that it would be some interesting stuff. You yeah. know. Um, and get Sting out there to pop the crowd in Las Vegas, so it's 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 gonna be uh it's gonna be nice. I, I it's also gonna be a full house. I think we talked about it. It is gonna be a full house. Like there's gonna be about thirteen thousand people. Oh yeah, there. it's gonna be a big crowd. Yep. Right. And so when do they go to California? Is that the the Wednesday after? That's the Wednesday after. Yeah, which is also right? a big show too. Also that's in the crowd. forum. Mm-hmm. So it, it it would make sense that maybe that's where they want to do Bucks Hardys. Two. Well, two not just two. that. The the rampage after that in the forum is in Ontario, California, and that is the Young Bucks hometown. Okay. And that's live, pal. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. That uh, they the, so how it works is the Bucks straight up challenge the Hardys uh, in a backstage segment on Rampage, right? Uh, and then uh, in the Dynamite we haven't seen yet. More things happened. <laughs> so, uh, either way, whether so it's, it's two on two or it four. It might just be the Young Bucks versus the Hardys. In that case, I'll just take the Bucks. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think if it is just straight two on two, I'll take the Bucks because what will happen is that Fish and O'Reilly will cost the Hardys and then Darby will come out and we'll have a brawl. Boom. Yeah. You know, so. Um, other match. Uh, this is one I am I think is going to be wild. Uh, the Death Triangle versus the House of Black. Uh, finally, something for House of Black to sink their teeth into. Uh, six man tag this has been a long time brewing. Um, House of Black, man, they had so much momentum, and I don't want to say that it's cooled because every time they show up, the crowd still digs them, but they're just kind of rudderless. You know, there's no real direction. Uh, so for Ray Phoenix yeah. to come back, I think is good for them because I think this one's gonna be. I think this one's gonna be a banger. This well, that Penta Oscuro stuff where. Alex Abrahantis looked like the Hellraiser. Yeah, was stupid. Yeah, you know. And then it all just kind of led up to Ray Phoenix re-debuting dressed up like that. You know, so whatever. And now <laughs> right. Alex is back to normal. So. <laughs> um, and they, um, you talked about how you really liked that six man they had at the buy-in on, for full gear. Yep. Yeah, um, that was with Eric was it Redbeard. Revolu- or was yeah. it Revolution? Uh, it was Revolution. One. Yeah. Yeah, it was Revolution because full gear. Uh, Malachi Black was on the show. He was in a tag match with Cody Rose. Yep. Uh, how long yeah. ago was that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, and so that sixth man was really good. So n- now we can see. I can see this opening the show yeah. where they're like, you know what? Let's give them about twelve minutes and just go out there and have some crazy uh, spots and like uh, and some head kicks and stuff yeah. like that. Brody King, holy cow! Like I've seen him do mm-hmm. a couple of uh, singles matches and he had this one that like absolutely like blew my mind where he gave Alex Reynolds this like nasty nasty lariat yeah he's a he's a hell dude Brody King is good like I didn't know mm-hmm. he was that good uh yeah. until I actually got to see him in this in a singles role um and and um Buddy Matthews is just like you said bit there like they're just kind of like doing the lore stuff um I could see him just going out there and just having a good wild match I uh, think the so one too. thing I did want to talk about to, in general about the tag matches so this is uh, four out of ten. 
are tag matches. So that's not like unheard of for AEW. You know, they try to make a focus on tag matches being mm-hmm. um, not subjugated to being like lesser than and like excuses for top stars to be on the shows like WrestleMania does. My only problem with the way the tag matches have been done lately is that it feels like it's all because their roster is so much bigger now. Jordan is like it feels like an excuse just to get all the people on this tape. Yeah, I can see that. Like Keith Lee and Swerve put them as a tag team because you don't have anything to do for mm-hmm. him individually. Yeah, I get that. I, maybe that's where they have a little bit of a, a safety net in the sense that they have put value on the tag division. So it doesn't necessarily feel like a demotion, but it does feel like a uh, these guys can team. But together. do you feel like any? But did you feel like any of these uh, matches were like that, where it felt like oh they just stuck them in this tag match because they didn't have another place? I I think that Jurassic Express got stuck in 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 that that feud because they they didn't have any anyone for them to defend against. Right. And then they're like, well, we've got Keith Lee and Swerve feuding with uh, Ricky and. Hobbs, let's just throw Jurassic Express in there. <laughs> like, I feel like the actual tag champs are the ones that got thrown into a match because they didn't have anything else. Um, now, I mean, they, they booked a little bit to make it make some sense, but ultimately that's two other teams that were feuding, and now the tag champs got involved. Uh, yeah, because I was doing the history, so I was doing the Wikipedia history looking at the shows, and the, the, the posters usually have like the cast of characters like mm-hmm. oh the, here's the mon- here's the montage of, or the collage of all the people and i was kind of looking at the double or nothings and i was looking at it i was like man i i was like stunned between double or nothing 21 and double or nothing now just how different the roster is right. i was like and not in a bad way not saying there's a lot of turnover it was just like wow they have like they have even more options than we thought they were loaded before. Now they have even more options than they did before. Yeah, so they're at the point where every I, I just don't want them to fall into a. Yeah. I just don't want them to fall into a trap where they feel like we got to do multi mans just so that we can get people. Finished right. They, they're at the point where pay per view somebody's going to be left off. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, Sammy Guevara, like the TNT title is not even be defended on this show. Um, right. Uh, Orange Cassidy's not on it. Orange Cassidy's not on FTR, who's like really the hottest team in the promotion, doesn't. Yeah, they're going to be facing Rapungi Vice on yeah. right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I do think that they may rely on just stuffing like multi-man matches, like, like even like we speculated that Darby and Sting will just get added to a, a tag mm-hmm. match, and that really just feels like well, they already did that with Darby and Sting with that six-man tag. Now the match was awesome. But it like really, what's Darby's feuds been the past three months? Like, I guess he's feuded with Andrade, but I, yeah. I, I know what you're saying is that you know when they want to use a guy, like, oh, we can't have a show without this guy on it, but we don't have anything for him to do. Let's stick him in with these people and now, just let him the, the let him big, ball out. The, you know, the big difference here between them and the other guys is that, like, say you have say let's just so for example, they did the match with Sammy. Sting, Darby, and the HFO at the time. Now the AFO. Yeah. Whatever. Um, it felt tacked on. Like, oh, we're just gonna have, we're just gonna throw these pieces together so that we can get those these star names on the show. Right. Well, they went out and had a fucking awesome tag match. Yeah, so, they, like, if the results lead to really good wrestling, fine. Like, right. it's cool. Right. You know, you just don't want to become over reliant on the formula. Right. <laughs> but it's funny. Like, you look at All Out twenty one. You know how many tag matches were on that show? One. There was one tag match. Wow. And it was the tag team title match, right? The cage match, right? Yeah, yeah which was great. 
just my yeah, favorite I mean, like, their, their batting average is like not a thousand, but I hey, would say I would say like five hundred or seven. Would you rather get super kicked with a shoe full of thumbtacks or super kicked with a foot on fire? Um. Did you see the Joey Janela thing? The the fire, yeah. the fire, because once the fire is, once the, the foot is away, the fire is gone. Yeah. The tax can stay. Yeah, okay. And they could go to the eye, yeah. I think yes, I like, so so they, so he did some random indie show where he put, kerosene, was it kerosene, gasoline? I don't know what he did. I don't know. He, he's, he set his foot on fire, his boot on fire, and he super kicked him. He couldn't put the fucking fire out. They didn't have a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah, it was a GCW like, show, by the, the way. Fuck? <laughs> like, of course, they, of course. I thought every building has a fire extinguisher. Yeah, it's it's code, man. <laughs> Even if the wrestling company doesn't have it, the building they're in should have one, right? Well, they must have, they must have broken the code. Right. You know, it was so. You know, it's funny. Like we could just transition this to like California because PWG was like that, where they just always had the wildest things. But and they had great tag wrestling too, and um, in that little hall that they had. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to go back there, um, uh, to with AEW, but this. This is the first time AEW's in California. Um, they did do a West Coast trip, and um, they, they obviously did Las Vegas for the first ever Double or Nothing. But then they were going to Colorado and Utah, and that was the week that they shut everything down because of COVID. Hmm. Um, so they never got to California, but now they finally are. And you could tell that there's some hunger there. Uh, for for tickets because they got thirteen thousand people in the forum. They're gonna have seven thousand people in Ontario. It's a sellout for the Mandalay Bay and the T-Mobile Center in um in Las Vegas. My question is, do you feel like there's a West Coast market that is it's finally time to tap into it? Oh yeah, I mean, like you said, the, the pandemic. If anything good came of it, it's that like even like myself, like I'm not West Coast obviously, but Detroit. Like I've been salivating for this company to get here, and because of the pandemic it's like it's made you wait longer and it's almost like uh if they would have came to detroit a year ago i don't think i would have been like i have to be there like i like i am now like oh my gosh they're finally here i've got it like there must go to shows like if they're yeah. in your neck of the woods you have to go like obviously they were, the in, shows they were in new orleans you weren't in new orleans that had that yeah. excitement were the first ones like when the wwe did money in the bank and yep. um I think Fort Worth, Texas, like those shows had that genuine excitement of like, man, it's great to be like in a front of a live crowd out yep. after COVID. Yep. Then it kind of settled down and we sort of went back. It regressed to the mean. But yeah, like they haven't been in Detroit yet. They hadn't been in New Orleans. And I thought that the turnout there was OK. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they knew the ticket sales were slow and that's why they sort of delayed their eventual arrival there um i feel like the reason why they held off on california is because they really wanted to box it in yeah for this specific time frame where they're coming into a pay-per-view and coming off of a pay-per-view yeah and i think so. smart yeah i think it, you're gonna have a hot crowd for the pay-per-view you're gonna have a hot crowd for your go-home show and your uh dynamite after double or nothing like you, you got yeah. big crowds you know which is awesome so um, there's one more match on the show we haven't even talked about, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, TNT t- or TBS Championship, Jade Cargo versus Anna J. <laughs> oh, Jade Cargo wins. Yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> like when I saw Anna J come out on Rampage, I'm like, oh, are they really gonna put this match? Like, come on. I, I get you for want some, Jade to have a match. She had crutches. Yeah, like I get you want Jade to have a match, but like then give her a feud. Then 
You know, like, I don't know. I, I like Jade Cargill. I like the baddies. I like what's developing there, but no interest in this match. Like, they could cut this and I wouldn't care. Yeah, and the Dark Order, it, it's DOA. Oh, yeah. Like, you're teaming with Fuego. Yeah, you're, slum- yeah. you're slumming with the dogs now, boys. <laughs> I mean, Alex Reynolds, I saw a job in the Lee Moriarty on Elevation. Yeah. Well, and um, Stu Grayson is gone, right? Yeah, he is now taking dates for other uh, companies. Yeah, so, yeah, so. He's, he's finished. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, they had a nice run. Um, uh, conspicuous uh, start. You know, it's kind of famously bad moment where the camera zoomed in on the guy missing the punches by a mile. Um, yes, and they recovered well. You know, to they, I mean, they've were three years in the company. Dark Order's been now. Maki Ito did join on BTE, so oh, you still she, got she, that. She really? <laughs> she did. For those who don't know, Maki Ito is like was yeah, she like was the Joker. K- yeah, she was a K-pop star before she was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's an okay wrestler, more of a comedy act. Yeah, definitely. But she also loves act. flipping people off and saying the, the word "fuck." Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and apparently she's got a really hard head. So she might have some <laughs> might have some Samoan in her. I don't really know. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, double or nothing. I think it's going to be a banger of a show. Uh, I I just hope that the important stuff has time to breathe. Like I hope they don't give too much time to the lower stuff. Like especially like the the matches that don't really have a lot of meat to them. Uh, mm-hmm. At the expense of our main shows, you know. Um, like, yeah, I think that is Tony Khan's biggest challenge now. I as do the too. roster grows, and you have more opportunities, and you have more cool spots that you can fit into, like all virtually every match. Yeah, because you have so much talent. Like you got to learn how to pace it. You got to know when to use the table spot, when to use the chair spot, when to get when someone does a gig, like a play, a blade job, and you also got to plot out at least 30 minutes for the for that main event between page and punk right because if that's short people will feel disappointed yeah um by the way chris jericho's uh sports entertainer of the week award was given to red velvet <laughs> that's why i that's why it doesn't matter to me <laughs> right, right uh i said this on the last episode like i still think she sucks but they found a role for her like she fits in her group you know she fits as a baddie as jade's underling so Good on them, mm-hmm. I guess, for finding something. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, do you want to get to the questions? Oh, sure. I mean, the only things to mention is that you mentioned uh, Hikaru Shida. Anthony Bowens had to get surgery on his knee. Yeah. Um, so they tried to paint. They tried to paint it like he fell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he. I think he had, was dealing with a knee problem before. I was that. actually. It sounds weird. I was actually happy to hear that. Not that he's injured, but it explains why he, they haven't been on TV. Because I love the acclaimed, and then they just vanish. I'm like, what the heck? Now they're joining uh, the gun the club. Gun club, yeah, yeah. So, and they ask if they want to scissor with them, which is so <laughs> <bizarre>. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's basically what the gun club's response was. <laughs> so. But yeah. yeah, but like it was a, almost a relief to hear that he was injured. Like obviously, I'm not happy that he's injured. I don't want him to be injured. But like I really enjoy the acclaimed, and they were starting to become like a weekly act on TV, not just on Dark. And then they just vanish, and I'm like, oh, did they just get forgotten about or lost in the shovel? But it's an injury, so okay, I can yeah. deal with that. Just random questions for you. Um, did you like the fact that motion graphics are back? Uh yeah, I do. I think that's pretty cool. Does it matter to you at all? Are you one of those nerds who thinks about that? No, I, it's one of those things like when it shows up, I'm like, oh, neat. But like I forget that they're gone when they're not there. So, 
Yeah. The the only other thing I really liked is that Jericho in that promo we talked about was he was like running down every member of that group. Mm -hmm. And when he got to Brian Danielson, the only thing he could think up was like, hey, you're a nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a vegan. Because like, you can't say like you're a bad wrestler. He's the right. best wrestler in the world. Right. Uh, right. And then J New Japan's L.A. Dojo, which is a bunch of young guys I've never seen in my life. Uh, they've been feuding on Dark and Universal Studios uh, mm. with the factory so that's like some weird bubble thing going on and yeah. on keep it off keep it off my television if it's got to do with the factory that's what i like to say um, and, and that's and that's where it is <laughs> yeah exactly so uh not really a conversation i really want to get into tonight but there are like executive changes not aew related but like tv related that yeah i think wrestling fans who have that ptsd like we're aware of it, but I don't really know that it's going to mean anything yet. Uh, but the lady in charge now was like in charge of the Food Network before, right? Right. So right. It's basically their Bonnie Hammer. Yeah. So pretty much. So we'll see how that relationship develops. The difference you know? is that Bonnie and Vince had a very good relationship going years and years back. The other difference, and we can get off of this, is that the difference between like WCW and the WWF in the nineties was that um, in in the 90s, WCW was the star attraction for Turner Broadcasting. That was their top ratings getter. Yep. Now it's, I mean, and I'm, I, I don't want to compare it as much because it, I don't want to make it like it's a failing promotion, but like it's almost like when TNA was on Spike and they had UFC. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the situation AEW is in where they had, the, their star attraction on Turner is their NBA contract. Yep. Like that's, it's the it's their it's their NBA playoff and regular season games. They get better ratings, but AEW is a big help. But when you have upfronts, which is basically like ad like when you're promoting for advertisers and ad executives for your fall your fall season, um, and the networks are not even promoting AEW, that's not a great sign. Yeah. So that's all. I, I I guess one thing that is good, like compared to UFC and TNA, is the NBA has an off season. You know, mm -hmm. um, like the NBA, you got to fill that void somehow. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's their readings king for you know five six months of the year, but there's six other months. You know, so um, like I said, I I don't really worry or wring my hands too much, um, but I understand why people who were around the WCW days would, because it was a it was a corporate merger that really killed WCW. <laughs> you yeah. know, let's, well, let's and then AOL killed Time Warner. <laughs> right. I think though here, uh, part of it is one, TNT doesn't own AEW. Tony Khan does. So even if that Correct. did happen and they just got canned, t t cable companies are so desperate for content that I think they would find another home relatively easy. So, right. So I think that even if that does happen, they'd have to rename a couple of their titles. <laughs> you know, and but... they might have to. And they might. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like, like say they go to Fox, they'd right. have to call it the FS1 title. Yeah, the FS1 title and the and the uh, Fox the News with Tucker Carlson title. <laughs> the speed. <laughs> oh gosh. Man. Yeah, Murdoch gets his hands on AEW. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know what to do about that. Um, and the other thing that I did notice is that when Tony Khan was doing the interview rounds in Long Island, he said that Grand Slam will be back in Arthur Ashe. Yep, yep, which uh, was I'll a big, big show. So, oh, biggest crowd they've ever had. Yep. So and it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain that crowd again uh, once a year. I don't see why they couldn't. We'll no. see. 
But yeah, let's get to our questions. So uh, we uh, end every episode with uh, kind of questions that aren't necessarily AEW related, but sometimes they are. Uh, for example, John Moxley. First question we'll get to. John Moxley sarcastically mocked uh, the Stadium Stampede match. Andrew, what did you think of the first two editions uh, of Stadium Stampede? And are you a little bummed that it's not going to be back for Double or Nothing? Yeah, John Moxley said, I ain't doing that shit, which is the same thing that Sasha Banks and Naomi said, <laughs> so it's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of that very, very quickly? Um, uh, my gut reaction is, and, and this will sound like an anti-WWE take, but good for them, uh, and it's not really an anti-WWE take, but it's an anti-billionaire corporate take. Like, I'm always for the little guy, and uh, they are the little guy in the situation. So, like, good for them. I think that WWE might improve if more people did that not necessarily walked I, out but just I, um, said no i'm not doing that i'm always pro wrestler in these situations because i am not a fan of mudslinging yeah. i am not a fan of this like kicking them while it's they're so uh, while they're while the door is closing behind them situation it just yeah. looks so fucking lame and desperate yep you know saying you let us down i'm yep. like no you let the performers down by I, giving them shitty creative i will say the funniest thing that i've seen is apparently they strip them of the titles and they're gonna have a tournament to crown new they women's tag fucking teams <laughs> exactly so it's gonna be nikki ash and dewdrop versus dewdrop and nikki ash shit <laughs> 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 they have so um but anyways um I, here's my opinion about stadium cmp i don't think we ever really got it we, we weren't doing the show at, by that point for no we were yeah the the second one was just okay that mm -hmm. was the main event of double or nothing in uh daily's place in 21 i thought the first one was fantastic but it was perfect for its time. It's yes. like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Palm Springs. No. Um, it's a comedy that stars Andy Samberg. It's, very, it's like Groundhog Day. Oh, I like Andy and Samberg. So. It was very, but it's very, it was perfect for its time because like 2020 was the year of quarantine where mm -hmm. every day felt the same because like nothing changed. It was like everybody sitting around feeling sad and depressed about how nothing was gonna like it's out it felt like we were in this endless loop of shit right. and, there's a reason uh, tiger that, king was successful when it was <laughs> correct and i felt like for palm springs like that was the idea that was the story behind it and that's why at that time i was like yeah that that movie really spoke to that year even though they were completely unrelated i felt the same way about stadium stampede when i watched i'm like you can't do that again yeah but it worked for when it did perfect yep i agree yeah so and it's genuinely enjoy enjoyable. I'm fine with not having another one. Right. And I think that speaks to something I enjoy about AEW is like, okay, that was a hit. We don't have to bleed it dry. We mm -hmm. can just let it be a hit and not make it a thing that we do over and over and over again. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Next question. Uh, rumors that the September pay-per-view, which what would the September pay-per-view be? Is that all, all out? out? Yeah. That's uh, all out. Yeah. Oh, it says All Out right there, though. I didn't finish reading the question. <laughs> <laughs> so the rumors that All Out may take place in Toronto, Canada. Andrew, can you name any event or destination, wrestling or otherwise, that you'd be willing to fly out of the country to attend or visit? I know an event. It's the 2024 election. But <laughs> <laughs> now we're not talking permanently. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, and Steve, I think, said this in the previous uh, when he filled in, is that I'm I do not like to fly. So, and I hate to be I hate to be like really close ended about it, but the answer is no. There's okay. really nowhere. There's no event or thing I would go to like Oktoberfest or like visiting Niagara Falls. Like I, I can't really think of anything I would want. to 
So for me, where I live in Michigan, I could drive to Toronto and have to fly. Okay. It's, it's about a four-hour drive. So, okay. Um, trying to think of where I mean, just not wrestling related, but I'd like to go to like Hawaii or Japan. I think I would like to go to. I, I Hawaii would be great. You yeah, know what? I, I'll take that back. I would love to go to the Maui Invitational. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be cool to go to the Super Bowl. Um, not any any specific place, but just to any Super Bowl would be pretty cool to Buckingham go. Buckingham Palace, Paris. Yeah. Yeah. We could go to Paris and have um, a, a stadium stampede at the Eiffel Tower, you and I. We we can <laughs> we can have the clash at the castle. In yeah, Cardiff. yeah, the brawl at Buckingham. <laughs> that's, that's what we should do. Start thinking of famous world landmarks and what matches they could have there, like the, like uh, the pull apart at the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> The, the skirmish in Scotland. <laughs> Last man standing you know somebody, at Loch Ness. Yeah. We're, we're making fun of WWE's name for that show in um, in Wales. It's like, you know somebody was sitting in that room for four hours like, what rhymes? <laughs> right, right. Well, have you ever... Like, oh, you know, that's fine. <laughs> do you know much about the country of Wales? Apparently, like, their language, Welsh language, is so bizarre. Like, a lot of their towns and stuff are, like, 14 to 15 letters long. So. so that's why I can't understand Rich Holland's promos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we talked about MJF and Wardlow earlier. We talked about maybe uh, the blow-off isn't really here but coming. Since MJF keeps calling Wardlow a pig, what are the chances? Give me a percentage chance that this feud concludes with the most dangerous match of them all, a hog pen match. <laughs> MGF is either in the mud or in the mid. Yeah. <laughs> this match is It's mud. the mid versus the mud. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, I would say 10. 10%. That's... I can see MJF sports attaining it. I, I would bet he would say, yeah. I'll do this really stupid thing and make it good. Get his Burberry scarf tossed in the mud and he freaks out. Yeah. Right. Uh, here's one. Tony Khan had a... Interesting quote. He said that Hangman Page's world title reign is the best one the company's had so far. Do you agree? Uh, and if not, who would you say has had the best reign? I disagree. I'd say Jericho had the best one. I thought so, too. When I read this earlier, I'm like, man, the first one was probably the best one. Le Champion. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and it really reestablished Jericho, and it established the title well, too. Um, right. You know, a little bit Even of though bubbly. he lost it. He yeah. lost it in a limo the night he won it is the story. <laughs> yeah. Little bit of the bubbly. Like I think Jericho did a great job. Um, it's just a perfect choice to be the first champion out the gate, and um, had a lot of good moments, good matches too. Yeah, I think I think Jericho is the best. Would you say Hangman Pages is the worst so far? Ooh, I mean, there's um, only four to choose from, so we're not saying it's necessarily bad, but is it four? John Moxley's was the most disadvantaged. I like he yeah. got put in such a bad spot. So yep. did Drew McIntyre. Yep. You know, I always felt bad. I'm, I, we were making fun of Clash at the Castle, but I feel bad for McIntyre. Like he was the champ, and he just didn't get the chance to do it in front of fans and really catch a wave. And you know, Mosley seemed like he was on that track to be like um, the the champ that walks through the the arena full of fans, and he just didn't get the chance. Right. You know, it sucks. Right. Yeah. Um. So Maki Ito, we talked about her earlier. Her microphone said Kawhi on it. And Andrew, you thought it meant she was a Kawhi Leonard fan. 
<laughs> but it actually is a Japanese phrase for cuteness and adorability. So that's how I've always thought of Kawhi Leonard, by the way. Uh, what, is, <laughs> what is the most random person you can think of who has a huge international following? I have an answer here. I'll throw here, this but to I'll... you. Okay. Yeah, you tell me. Uh, for me, it's David Hasselhoff. Like, okay. Uh, he, maybe it's that international, but apparently, like, in Germany, he was, like, this massive, massive singing sensation back in the... 80s or 90s like Hasselhoff's music in Germany was like this big big deal um I would probably say Brad Pitt in Japan oh is that a thing yeah because he did like commercials for Japan like there was, that's the story that came from that um Booker T edge feud with the shampoo was that okay. Japanese companies were paying celebrities like ridiculous amounts of uh, dollars to do commercials <laughs> and Brad Pitt supposedly has done a lot of like Japanese commercials and he he's actually doing a movie where it's based in Japan called Bullet Train, and um and supposedly he's very popular in Japan. Also Tom Cruise, I, I in gen- I think Tom Cruise is just popular in general. Like, yeah, I mean he's. I don't, I don't think that's a thing where it's like oh he's really po- he's really big in Romania. I also wanted to say Bret Hart everywhere but the United States. Like when he <laughs> cut his promos and he'd be like I'm big in Africa and Germany and Switzerland, and I'm like how do you know that? <laughs> or how about like the the wrestler Grado in his hometown but like nowhere else. Yeah, uh, I remember this really random 2000 pay-per-view for WCW that was in Germany, and uh, they had Alex Wright oh, wrestle yeah. three matches. And that was when he was with teaming with Disco, right? Right. Well, yeah. well, no, it was after. It was when he had the haircut when he was Blitzkrieg. Oh, when he was Berlin. Berlin. Or Berlin, Berlin. Yeah. I'm sorry. Blitzkrieg is a totally different wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> it was a luchador. <laughs> We've just figured it out who it was under that mask all that time. Is Alex Wright? <laughs> das Wunderkind. Das Wunderkind. Oh man, what's he up to now? Like, I'm surprised he's never. Man, Blitzkrieg was like the amazing red. There was like a yep. three month stretch there where you're like, holy cow, this dude is like way ahead of his time. Yeah, and like... he just disappeared. Yep, he had this awesome match. There's one. It was Spring Stampede 99. Rey Mysterio, I have the tape. The whole show is just like WCW randomly puts out this banger of a show. From Even like Goldberg and Nash like had a good match for Goldberg and Nash in 1999. Like, yeah, uh, it's this forgotten show because by then WCW was already crappy. And that's why sometimes even with big guys, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't give up. Like there are days where I'll watch it. I'm like, that wasn't too bad, you know? But the problem is it's harder and harder and harder and harder. Like, right. at least with WCW, you could even find entertainment in the bad stuff. I can't right. find entertainment in the bad stuff anymore. No, not same I'm just here. getting too old, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go back to our questions. If Sky Blue and Cora Jade from NXT traded places, would anyone know the difference? <laughs> they look alike, don't they? They do. They do. And it's funny. In our little notes, Andrew put two pictures of them, and they're doing the same pose. It's just their arms are switched. <laughs> <laughs> So which Cora Jade actually did wrestle in AEW during Daily's place. Yep. And she lost a red velvet, so she sucks. I'm sure at some point Sky Blue lost the red velvet too. Right. Um uh, what's the next question? Hang on, my phone just I had to unlock my phone. Uh okay. So would it be tor- <laughs> This was a, I meant to ask this one last week and I didn't get to it. Would it be torturous <laughs> to be a pro wrestling fan and your name actually be Stan? Like I stand so and so. Um, no, I think I think you could. I think WWE should have a character named Stan. Oh, and his name is not Drew Gulak. 
right. Like they should have a character named Stan. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put what you wrote in here. It says it would be just as bad as being pro wrestler Stan Lane because that means you might have been responsible. <laughs> that means you might have been responsible for bringing Lauren Bobert into this world. <laughs> of course, the rumor is that he is her. Uh, that is not a rumor, but yeah. Facebook will tell you it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's a fun rabbit hole to go down. Won. Is that uh, uh, she Colorado? Is there? She's from Colorado. Yeah, David Bixenspan, who I think worked for Deadspin. I don't know where he writes now. Yeah, he but did he's like, like the a, Dark Side of the Ring stuff, and yeah, yeah between the between the uh, between the sheets was I don't know. He um yeah he's he did done like a lot Kellner. of mm-hmm. he does a lot of legal digging involving wrestling, and I, he did this long form article where he basically dug into the whole thing about Stan Lane's illegitimate child. He basically narrowed it down that it's Lauren Boebert, who's yeah. a very Qani. Uh, um, congresswoman in Colorado who loves guns. Yeah, loves guns and babies. And that's about it. So, <laughs> uh, if Hook and Danhausen form a tag team, which we believe they will, uh, should they call themselves anything other than Hookhausen? Some suggestions are the Handsome Devils or all that in a bag of chips. I actually like that one, all that in a bag of chips. But Hookhausen is such a perfect name. Right? I did like Dan Lambert calling uh, Ty Conti whorehouse. whorehouse. That was funny. <laughs> That was, so that was good, funny. Dude. That's like what takes you back to like Stephanie McMahon in 1999, just being the horrible butt of so many jokes. So yeah. Uh, specifically, Chris Jericho. Which, by the way, if Chris Jericho really is a wizard, is that how he magically burned off all that water weight that he? <laughs> he just blasted himself with fireballs to get rid of his gut. <laughs> You know, I gotta tell you this story. Sure. So I was in—I I don't think I told you this one. I think I said on the Billy Madison thing—is mm-hmm. that um, I um, I was getting sunburnt really badly in Orlando the first couple of days, and uh, when we were walking to Disney World, so I wore a hoodie. I wore a hoodie and I covered my hoodie, uh, like I covered my head and everything in ninety-degree weather. Oh. And let me tell you, I lost ten pounds. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it, man. Yeah. I and by the way, no sunburns. <laughs> yeah, when we went to when we adopted our daughter, um, we spent 15 days in China. She was born in China, and um, I ate like a king there, man. I ate so much food, so much junk. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna gain so much weight. But it was hot, and we walked so much that when I got home, I lost like 18 pounds over the course so, of yeah, two and a half heat, weeks. Heat can help you lose weight. I know everybody laughs at people sitting saunas. Yeah. That you can lose weight yeah. sitting in like a steam room. Oh, yeah. Throw that you garbage. can lose a lot of other things in a steam room, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> like your innocence. <laughs> uh, so you got a question in there about Elon Musk. We're going to skip that one, but leave that one in there. That's just uh, me telling you that so we remember. We'll come right, back right. to that one. Um, so if Punk, <laughs> I like this, if Punk loses the hangman, would it be funny if he laid flat in the ring for over one hour after the pay-per-view is over, like he did with Hookhausen, <laughs> have to go to picture in picture, uh, when he, when he lost in Long Island, he went to picture picture, uh, how long should Punk lay in the ring if he loses the hangman page? I guess is what we're asking. Um. Until Dynamite I- kicks off? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. I still remember when Austin did that when he was when he planted the chair in the ring and he sat there waiting for Bret Hart and he, yep. he was still there during commercial break. Yeah. And they've ripped that segment they've ripped that idea off like a million times now to the point that like it's old hat. But yeah, yeah that would be kind of funny. Or you know what? It'd be funny if the show closed with Punk on his back. 
and the dynamite in the forum starts with Punk on his back in street clothes with a microphone. Yeah, that actually would be pretty cool. Like, zoom in, like, do Lost, like, zoom in. Tony, if you're listening and you did this, (laughs) now we really know. Tony, if you're listening, here's what you do. There's a TV show called Lost, and you do the (laughs) overhead angle, and you zoom in onto his eyeball to end the show, and then you zoom out from his eyeball (laughs) to where he's in street clothes now. (laughs) All right, here's a great question. Andrew, now that Turner has new overlords, which we just talked about, will AEW... (laughs) Will they introduce the Warner Discovery Championship, and will the belt be etched in the shape of Guy Fieri's hair? Look, God bless Guy Fieri. That man is hustled, and he's $100 million now. Can I just say that the super heavyweights should be called the Flavortown Division of Professional Wrestling? <laughs> Deep Dives and Dunks. What's that show that Dives, does? On- dunks, dive, Drive-Ins, Diners, and Dunks? I don't know. I don't know. They call it that. The try the dive, the deep dishes and dives. The- <laughs> yeah. And Danhausen. Drive-ins, diners, and Danhausen. Just a bunch of fat heavyweights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this question, uh, this next one actually gave me joy. Uh, with the news of Kate McKinnon, Pete Davidson, Amy Bryant, and Kyle Mooney departing Saturday Night Live, uh, I'm a big Saturday Night Live fan. Saturday Night Live fan. I've watched it for decades. Um, I wouldn't say I've seen every episode because there's years worth of episodes. Um, Andrew, I got to tell you how thrilled I was to hear that these people were leaving the show. First, Pete Davidson has always sucked and he's never been funny. Um, but Kate McKinnon is, I'm trying to think of a wrestling comparison of someone who overstayed their welcome and went from being great to where, Dolph Ziggler. okay, perfect. Yep. She's the Dolph Ziggler of SNL. Um, <laughs> Like, she was so, so good. Like, in her first couple of years, I'm like, this girl could be the funniest person that's ever been on SNL. And she just overstayed her welcome to the point where, like, when she shows up now, I'm like, Ugh. She sucks, dude. <laughs> I, hearing that she's gone, I'm so happy. Uh, Kyle Mooney kind of bums me out. I feel like that's a guy that never got his fair shake. He was the dead – was he the deadpan guy? Oh, yeah. And he did, like okay. – So, like, uh, Andy Samberg did, like, the famous um, Lonely Island – Lazy digital Sunday shorts. stuff, yeah. yeah. He Kyle Mooney has his own troop of stuff like that. Nowhere near the success of the Lonely Island guys, but that's like his style. is more like pre-taped stuff. Um, my my son actually really liked Kyle Mooney, but anyways, the question is: What is my all-time favorite SNL cast at any point in the show's history, and will it survive these losses of the cast? Yes, I actually think that'll they'll thrive. Um, the value, the name value, is a big loss. Like Pete Davidson is bizarrely this massive star. He's, well, he also dates Kim Kardashian, so. right? And he dates like every freaking celebrity in the world. I don't know that guy's he must be good in the bedroom because he's not good on stage. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I was actually thinking more of like uh, my Mount Rushmore more of SNL because I can't think of like a specific... the four pillars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my Mount Rushmore is Will Ferrell first and foremost. He's my favorite of all time. Phil Hartman, uh, best straight man. Uh, God bless that yeah, man. Yeah, Phil Hartman was great. Caveman uh, lawyer is yeah, so amazing. Unfrozen caveman lawyer. My one of my favorite ones that wasn't on all, all that often was the anal retentive chef. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember that. Yeah, this, like, there's an episode where he like accidentally spills a little pad of butter, and he has to like put it in a Ziploc bag, label it, put it in a bigger bag, t- tape it up, wrap it, and throw it away. <laughs> uh, Frank Sinatra didn't he? Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Yep, he did. <clears throat> uh, Phil Hartman was just great on so many things. Um, my third would be Dana Carvey. That's my uh, two of them. You already said yeah. uh, Carvey and um, and uh, the the first one you said. Shit, 
Yeah, uh, uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah that, that, partly that, because yeah. because I think SNL. When you think SNL, you think celebrity impressions, right? Like that's. And Dana Carvey is like maybe the most famous at doing that, like president. And he car- he carried it in the early nineties. Yeah, he carried it. Yeah, he definitely did. You know. And then my personal pick, I think that fourth pick is like could be a lot of people, like Eddie Murphy or something. For me, it's Chris Farley. I just okay. I love Chris Farley so much. But I'll give you I'll give you my last one. Um, and it's a personal pick. Uh, I wouldn't even say he's forward. He was just my favorite, Mike Myers. I love Mike. Oh Myers. yeah, Mike Myers is great too. Um, Keenan Thompson, who's on there now. It's pretty good. Like, I, yeah, I, I think Keenan's been on for like twenty years. What's that, what's that thing? He, the thing he did on Weekend Update Forever, where um, uh, when he's like the cranky old man, he yeah. says, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, was he was Willie. that word for, you know, huh? Yeah, Willie, <laughs> what fix you do, Willie? Yeah, fix it. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, you need to fix it. Like yeah. that. That always makes me laugh every time I see that. Um, you know, the thing about Peacock is that I was thinking about dropping it. I really was, and I, Emily, my wife likes to keep it because of the dateline stuff um you know some people just like to watch like nbc uh programming I keep it for the office uh, so yeah in the office and parks and rec i love parks and rec too yeah, um same here uh, 30 rock hey is another one who was great on snl in my opinion yeah. um and i was thinking about it man saturday night live is probably more of an attraction for me to keep it than the wwe now yeah at the point yeah, I mean as, as sad as that is to say so i watched wwe i, I was bored the other day, and I was like, you know what? I have my Peacock account. Let's see what I can watch in WWE. I didn't realize if you go and watch pay-per-views, they put commercials in them. Yes. And I'm like, come on. this is That's not really a WWE thing. Even the archive one. ones. Yeah. Yes. So that was annoying. Yeah, you got to get <clears throat> premium to avoid the ads, and I'm not doing that. I did see Steve Austin is going to do an interview with Jeff Jarrett. So yeah, there's been stories forever that they do not like each other. So yep, I've I'm, heard that. I guess I'm kind of interested in that one. Yep, I've heard that. So two more questions and we'll get out of here. I, I like this one. If you're on a live wrestling event, so okay, I'm going to Dynamite in a couple of weeks. What would you rather if the only two options you have were to sit? Would you rather sit behind a really tall or wide person that blocked your view or sit next to an obnoxiously loud person that uh, won't shut up? Would you rather? Okay, so – this was inspired by the Taco Fall incident that happened where a fan <laughs> was behind him, and uh, she couldn't see anything, so she asked for a booster seat. I, I asked uh, Adam Murray about this, and he didn't have a problem with it. Like He was mm. like, no, that's totally fine. And I'm like, yeah, but what about the person behind you? And they're like, yeah, you could just like peer over to the right. Right, that's true. <laughs> and my and my thing is like, yeah, but why doesn't she peer over to the right? <laughs> right, know, exactly. But, and it, it was just like a stupid. Somebody somewhere is going to have to peer over. <laughs> um, I would rather have my view blocked. I think to so too, because an obnoxious person can like they actively can get you angry. Show. Yeah, like, yes. Like I'm the. I don't know if you are this, but this way in movie going, I even tell my daughter, don't say a word. Yes. Don't say a word. Stay. Yep. You can laugh. You can even say, "Oh wow, that was cool," but don't talk incessantly. Yep. Please don't. Yep. I agree. Uh, a good friend, Greg Phillips, um, posted. Uh, I think he was on. Twitter or Facebook, he apparently went to see a stand-up comedian and a guy in the crowd. Or no, it wasn't Greg Phillips. It was a friend of mine named Josh. He went to see John Mulaney, and um, apparently a guy in the crowd was, like, chiming in on all the jokes. And it's like, nobody paid to see you. Shut up. Be quiet. Laugh. Mm-hmm. Do nothing else. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's do one more question. We'll get out of here for the night, because we're... Uh, Hi. Uh, the crowd went ballistic when Hook and Danhausen shook hands to unite. Andrew, what is your favorite handshake? In wrestling okay. history. Everyone's going to say Mega Power, so I'm going to go the other way. Okay. Um, I remember when the Rock and Sock Connection were together, 
they never really like buddied up too much. Sometimes they give each other high fives and mm-hmm. stuff, stuff like that. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but when Foley came back after he was retired, he um, came back with the shaved head and he was the commissioner. And I remember when The Rock had the belt, and he was on top of the world at this point, and the and the WWF was on top. It was in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, I remember he was still kayfabing about how they weren't, like, best of friends. Um, but he, like, did this, like, slow handshake of Commissioner Foley, and I thought that was really great. That was probably my favorite, because it was so wholesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, mine would probably be when... Uh, Chuck Palumbo didn't shake Undertaker's hand backstage and was brutally buried. I'm trying to think of other funny ones and I can't really, or, or memorable handshakes. I, it's hard to remember any of them. Yeah. Like one that comes to my mind is it's not even a handshake. It's like Steve Dustin thing where Dusty begs to be his partner and he goes, and Dustin kind of goes for like a handshake and he just swats it off into a hug. Like, mm-hmm. I will be your partner. I'll ask you to take this spinning leg, old wobbly man, and I'll be your partner, Dustin. I just need a hug and a kiss from my in son. My opinion, in my opinion, until NXT revived it, that was the last great War Games match. Mm, okay. So that would have been 94? Yeah. Mm. WCW 94 slept on, dude. Great year for WCW. Hall. I did. I remember a long time ago. I did the show. Uh, I did Tim Cable show about WCW. And we did Spring Stampede and Slamboree '94. Mm-hmm. They're probably my favorite two shows ever. Nice. I absolutely adore those two shows. Yeah, awesome shows. And I know Justin, if he's listening, would would agree. But I think uh, universally. And in, and in AEW, I'm trying to think of like a memorable handshake. Mm, I mean, I remember MJF and Chris Jericho doing the little dance medley in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was in that was another quarantine thing. Like I said, with Stadium Stampede, like you can't do that again. But it was entertaining for what it was. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm drawing a blank on AEW once. I mean, they have the code of honor. Yeah, you know, Mercedes Martinez. I mean, look, we didn't really talk about the too much about that stuff, but you know, FTR is is wrestling. Mercedes Martinez is defending her belt against jobbers on elevation. I saw Wheeler Yuta had a really good match on Dark in Universal Studios against Josh Woods. Mm. And it was uh, with the pure rules where the rope breaks, where you only get so many rope breaks. And it was actually a good match. And that might be just the last time we see Wheeler Yuta for a little while because he's doing the Super Juniors in New Japan. Right. So I like that they didn't write him off of TV. Like they, they announced on TV that he's doing that, not like a right. injury. It seems- we always talk about hot names, like you talk about Speedball Mike Bailey during WrestleMania time. Yeah. The new one is El Desperado. That seems like the hot name now. Okay. Okay. In cool. New Japan, that's the one who seems to be rising up the ranks. Cool. That'll be interesting. That's somebody we can uh, maybe look forward to seeing at Forbidden Door. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we do hope that you guys enjoy Double or Nothing, Andrew. I think it's a good show. Um, I'm pretty confident in that. Um, <clears throat> what match would you say you're most interested in? Is it the World Title match? Yes. I think yeah. so too. This which... is this is sing, uh, this is a singularly minded show. This is the one where when I look back on it in five or six months, I'm gonna go, oh yeah, I remember the main event of this. One. I think that's always a good thing when your main event is the match that people want the most. That was Hangman and Kenny. Yep. That was the match everyone wanted to see. Yep, yep, I agree. So I think it's gonna be a good one. So uh, we'll let you guys get out of here. Um, we hope you enjoyed Double or Nothing. We hope you listened to us. Let's talk for a couple hours. If you've got any goofy questions you want to hear, uh, you know where to find us on Twitter. Uh, Andrew and I are not hard to find. Um, Andrew is uh, 
no longer on Facebook, but someone who bears a striking resemblance to him recently <laughs> resurfaced. <laughs> so, Facebook is True. the darkest timeline, Andrew. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, yes, sometimes, uh, sometimes wrestling is too. Unfortunately, yeah, it sure is. Yeah, uh, wrestling Twitter is uh, not a lot of fun. But you know what? I have a lot of fun talking to you. Uh, I have a lot of fun watching AW. Uh, I watch and I think, oh, Rishi's going to love this or, oh, I can't wait to see what he says about this. So uh, I will be watching Double or Nothing along with you, just like Fival in our last episode. If you think of me, Andrew, look up to the moon and know we're out there beneath the pale moon sky. I'm thinking of you too, friend. <laughs> <laughs> like Barry Horowitz and Sean Dean staring we their even, jobbers at We didn't even talk about the great uh, dark side of the ring thing with Wardlow. We Take it from me. He's a jobber. Yeah.